The episode you're about to listen to was originally recorded in November and December 2010. The subject of this episode is conspiracies, and in it, we interview the blogger behind the controversial website crazyfuckingconspiracies.com. Before we had time to edit and produce the episode, we were contacted by the FBI and at the request, surrendered to them our hard drive and audio files. Around that same time, Crazy Fucking Conspiracies made its last post to date, December 8th, 2010. We've had no further contact from the man behind Crazy Fucking Conspiracies, and had heard nothing from the FBI until June 2012. Until then, we presume this episode was lost. The files were returned to us, and we were told that we were at long last free to produce and release the episode. However, whereas we'd given the agents our raw Audacity files, we returned exported WAV files. Some of the tracks were compressed on top of each other, some unsalvageably so. In many cases, artifacts of audio that is not ours can also be heard. We've pieced together the best possible representation of the original episode from what we have left, including our crazy fucking conspiracies interview. In many ways, we're as in the dark as when we started. But if this experience has taught us anything, it's to never stop looking for the truth. We're pleased to finally present to you Nerdy Show Declassified. and gentlemen, welcome to this highly classified episode of Nerdy Show. X-Files theme music. Really bad opening credits that they never changed after seven years. They, they did change at seven years, though. And they brought in the supporting cast members, minus David Duchovny, and everybody got really upset, even though the show was still good. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm redacted. <laughs> and I am... <laughs> I'm sorry, is that, like, where your penis inverts? No! No, that's a direction. It's oh. like a scared turtle. It goes back in. No, it's like I'm redacted. Like, my name is just like, blacked out. Like, oh, do you mean retracted? Ah. No! Ah, oh, got it! Do you mean re-blacked it? Dude, I'm getting a direction. <laughs> right, you guys are freaking me out. I've gone scared If it's turtle. any consolation, I liked it. Thank you, thank you. I did, I did also. Are we supposed to have code names? Like Why you said my name? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh, anytime, it has to be like in Kill Bill. Anytime one of us says one of our names, we have to go beep. <laughs> yeah, we could just use our normal names, then you'd have to put a beep in every time. That'd be uh, annoying. Well, then uh, I'm... Aww. It would only really be in the intro. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Triforce. I'm Sandra. I'm no one. 
And I am Hex. And what we listened to as our opening was from last year's Mashed and Slashed Halloween compilation. That was the Buttercup Files, where it's the X-Files theme mashed up with Buttercup. Yeah, and it's not just the X-Files theme, actually. It's the X-Files theme DJ Dotto remix. That's the one on That's the one on Pure Moods, guys. That's the best-selling compilation of all time. All time. Direct from Europe, this multi-platinum collection has won the hearts of millions. All time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you, it, it's got to be. I mean, it's come on, it's Pure Moods. And if you remember during the uh, television commercials for Pure Moods, because you didn't used to be able to buy in stores, you had to order it on the phone with a yep. credit card. Yep. It would play. I think there was a picture of a pyramid with some really fast-moving clouds behind yes. it and some lightning shooting down. It's like, I remember X Files theme by DJ Dotto. Yeah. Take a trip into the unknown with the X Files theme. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know anything. I bought the hell out of that album. (laughs) (laughs) And I just... I'll take five! (laughs) I was just uh, plagued by it every time I'd be watching the Sci-Fi Channel until Mm -hmm. four or five o'clock in the morning. Also, Miss Cleo... There's pure moods, there's Celtic moods, (laughs) instrumental moods, Christmas moods. Pure moods too. Scottish moods. Scottish moods. Are, are you on Amazon or are you looking through your personal discography? Because this is actually very similar to my personal discography. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Does Scottish have more moods than drunk? Yes. Well, actually, you know, let's, let's get technical here. I think Scottish moods was just infringing on the name. I don't think that's an official pure moods compilation, but Celtic <laughs> moods is. Gotcha. <laughs> oh my God, we veered off track. Yeah, Woo! we should. Uh, <laughs> we should get back to some uh, classified information. I think this was a pure moods conspiracy to derail us from talking about the real subject matter tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Which is conspiracies. Yeah. I, my, my brain's been scrambled. I mean, I'm wearing a tinfoil hat at this at, right he now. Maybe his brain hats. was scrambled by those things that the men in black use. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> Neuralizer. Yeah. That thing, too. I've seen those. <laughs> I've seen those at the adult toy store. Now, oh, back, oh God. Oh. back in high school, back in high school, I proposed a fake conspiracy theory. And when I had, in college, a speech class, we had to give a speech to inform and I gave them my speech to inform about my conspiracy theory. And the sad thing is many people walked up to me afterward going, you are so right. Well, it ended up being true then, <clears throat> wasn't it? This conspiracy theory is the MTV Disney conspiracy theory back in the early 90s. The MTV Disney conspiracy theory of how they are trying to warp the minds of the youth of America and steal their childhood. They are. They stole mine. They also stole my virginity. <laughs> They stole my dog and my cat. And the idea for this is that Disney was bringing in all these young kids like Britney Spears and some of the Backstreet Boys on the the Mouseketeers, and then they'd hand them off to MTV. Mm. They'd also do stuff like that, like 98 Degrees or whatever the heck it was called, did a song just for Mulan. Then all of a sudden it's all over on MTV. So these little kids are like, oh my gosh, Disney, Disney. Oh, I love this. I love 98 Degrees. Oh, it's on MTV, MTV, MTV. Boo. Doesn't Disney own MTV? X, can I interrupt you for one second and just say that I hope to God that your speech actually involved you doing those voices? <laughs> <laughs> and they walked up to him like, dude, you were so convincing. So I have heard little girls say that. <laughs> but it, no, that is a common cult thing. Is that you? You know, you take some kids in, you brainwash them, yeah. and then you send them out into into the world. They all make a bunch of ads with Joe Camel, and then bam, you got your yeah. new smokers. Yeah, you've got subliminal messages in the ice cubes and smell. furries with smoking fetishes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've got Coca Cola bottles that say "Suck my dick." You know, what in the ice cubes? <laughs> 
in the Dude, I am not ads. following you anymore. I subliminal messages in the ice cubes, man. <laughs> like, the things that you just see, those don't count. Dude, I have No read, one else sees those. I know all the conspiracies. I know them all. <laughs> this Prime episode, obviously we're talking about conspiracies, but... We're talking about the truth. We're talking about the truth. We're talking about things we've heard. We're talking about things that are true. We're talking about things that are funny. Basically, you know... This I'll, is the most educational episode you will ever hear. This is, this is a line of discussion that is very serious. I mean, Everything la- is la- true. Hey, laugh while you can, monkey boy. <laughs> this, shit could be, this, shit, this shit may or may not be real. It's but, all real. It's but, all real. Before, it probably is. Before, you know, we get ankle deep in this weird, muddy mess of, um... Truth Of truth. Let's recap a little bit in our first Nerdy Show Prime episode. Things, things got, things got it's real. It's crazy. I can only say, listen to that episode. It's, uh... It's a mindfuck. We don't know what happened with Lunario von Darkwolf. We haven't seen or heard from him. The police haven't been able to find him because, yes, we did report him, you know, when Dean disappeared. We said, look for this guy. Here's his contact information. And Spookamus has been relatively dormant, but a funny thing did happen with Spookamus. I wouldn't say that was funny. I would say that is... It was funny to Spookamus. Well, yeah. It was funny for Spookamus. Our our friend uh, Matthew Spill. Who's our our film correspondent. He asked me over Facebook if he could use Spookamus his name for the name of his fantasy football league and i was like sure man you know that's it's your funeral it's your, go for it like <laughs> he thought it would strike fear into his his opponents and i said there's a there's a chance it'll do that but you know he is his own beast and he's like all right and so he did it and matt spill he's pretty good at these fantasy football leagues he like always makes these pretty... he's always choosing Gimli first yeah yeah he, he chooses the right elves and the right the right dwarves <laughs> and then... there's actually a, a video series that we've talked about in the past and it's, it's posted yeah. on nerdy show called the Dharma fantasy football league and yeah and I don't know much about football but that looks like D&D with sports <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so he uh, he did that and he had the worst game season whatever and was completely out of the league after he was destroyed he He said he he has never experienced anything like this he he was not doing great to begin with he changed and he changed his name midstream to spookamus to try to try to stir things up apparently that was a death sentence he should have listened to you mike i i mean i guess i should have warned him more i thought maybe it would work out but of course things never never work out as planned so all of you out there hoping to uh, name your firstborn kid Spookamus, that is Don't a bad it. idea. Don't do it. You're just going to unleash that restless spirit on the world again. Yeah. When, you know, he was Charles Manson. Or, maybe. Or some other serial killer. Or worse. Yeah. He was Hitler's illegitimate son. <laughs> <laughs> what or, or his illegitimate grandson. <laughs> Believe Double it or not, more on this later in the episode. <laughs> What? During this episode, we're going to be interviewing Linnea Lee, who's a, an author of many books and some dark poetry. And uh, she's a firm believer in a lot of paranormal things, a lot of things associated with conspiracies, such as extraterrestrials and Atlantis. We're going to be talking to her about that. We're also going to be talking to Jackson of Grand Buffet, who's a man who knows a thing or two about some secret societies and has written more than a few raps talking about some secret shit, some top secrets. But most importantly, cream of the crop, we're going to be interviewing the webmaster from crazyfuckingconspiracies.com. Something we talked about in the past. Quick recap. We joked about there being a website called Crazy Fucking Conspiracies. We joked about it being We joked about it being Brian's blog, you know, cuz that would be funny. Ha ha ha. Brian writes a blog about conspiracies. That's amusing. Truth is, there is an actual website called There's an actual psycho. Conspiracies.com. Yeah. yeah. It's already there. And he started sending not so friendly emails to Brian. What's that been like, Brian? 
Uh, nightmarish. You know, I do all my I do all my business through the internet, through email correspondence, and so I keep getting this guy's his rantings. I mean, you can go to his website, you can see the kind of stuff that he is unintelligible. All caps, no punctuation. Yeah, and the email is exactly the same. So you know, just imagine trying to conduct it. ordinary day to day business in in, the, in just getting this crap. At least he keeps it real. He doesn't play for his blog. He, he always yeah, he is legitimately just out of his mind. <laughs> As we mentioned in some previous episodes, we we talked we talked him into coming on the show, so we're gonna see how that goes. Um, so we, we mentioned the X Files earlier. It's one of the greatest television shows of all time. It's greatest television serial documentary of all time. Yes, but before um, and only because Star Wars was not on television first. Correct. <laughs> Bef- oh, it, it's been on television. Well, it was meant for the screen because that's how serious it is as a documentary. Mm. It's true. Right, the Journal of the Wills, a long time ago in a galaxy far, right. far away. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but before Stargate went on for about a million billion seasons, X-Files was actually the longest-running science fiction television show. But it's definitely the best longest-running science fiction television show. It was for a while. I'm a firm believer that the show never got bad. Even, really? Even it when had, it had no matter what you say, it had the best supporting cast characters yeah. in one group called The Lone Gunman. I love their show. There I said it. Their show was amazing. I <laughs> can't... it canceled after like three episodes? Yes. So, it was a conspiracy against them. They were it too good. better than the real show. It was. I honestly teared up and cried out loud during the second to last episode of X-Files when those characters died. Mm-hmm. Heroic deaths. Oh, you ruined it for me. I didn't know that happened. Really? Really? Okay, that's totally Where have like... have been for ten years? Yeah. Hey, was... hey, guess what? The Romans killed Jesus. It's on my... <laughs> No, I thought the Jews that's killed that. Oh, well, conspiracies! <laughs> you guys are just like seriously, like you. That was on my list of things I need to get. Ahab to. doesn't get his revenge. That's there you go. Bastard! I said it. <laughs> There's so I, many things I need to catch up on. Everyone yeah. is guilty on the lo- uh, Oriental locomotive. I said it. You need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever watch Millennium? Yeah, I oh, love yeah. that show. No. <laughs> That, that was the other X-Files spinoff, the one that lasted for more than a season that they didn't air all of. Yeah, yeah. it was really yeah. good. I forget the main character, but I love him. He was he played uh, the cyborg guy in Alien. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, I don't the know. The guy who played Bishop? Name. Was that yeah. Bishop? Yeah. Bishop. Yeah. I just call him Bishop. Yeah. Well, it, he was the main character in the show, but old. Now, oh, yeah. X-Files, not too long ago, had another film. Ugh. It was a Monster of the Week deal. It didn't make any sense that after all this time they'd come back for that. But did you guys know that there's some serious movement happening right now on X-Files 3? Yes. Which, yes. Will, which will, in fact, wrap the series? How big of a movement? Duchovny really wants to. David Duchovny's Twitter, man. That's where it's from. And, okay. uh, David Duchovny says that they're well, like, seriously moving forward on it. It clogs the toilet. Is their movement that big? Uh, it clogs the Twitter. That's okay. how big that movement is. Yeah. Wait, making sure. what, what is there left to wrap up in Dude. X-Files? 2112. Okay, D- December 21st, 2012. That's when the aliens are going to come to Earth. And that was the ominous finale of, of the series and of the alien plot in X-Files was that... I have to say, the, the, the overall plot of X-Files was like the weakest part of it. Yeah, it's true. The best actually, part yeah. was the... Was the, the not knowing were, it. Were all the funny episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best part of... Honestly, the best part of X-Files was not knowing the underlying plot. Once you knew it, you're like, oh... Uh, what I was thinking, it was so much cooler. I thought the best part was you never know if Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny are going to do it. 
But they never do it. Oh man, remember that cover of Rolling Stone where they're like in the bed? You know I don't read. They're naked. <laughs> they're naked in the bed. Hey, you don't read? Well, let's talk about a musical conspiracy no, that's out there for a bit. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, to this day. To this, to this day. day. This is one. Of, this is one of my favorite conspiracies. This is the sort of thing that um, when I was a little kid, I, I found out about this, and and then when I first got the internet, I I read up on it big time. The theory that Paul McCartney died. Well, he did. Everyone knows that. He's back now, but he was dead. So he's years. a superhero. Huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's well, a Green Lantern. Huh. He is British. Wait, what? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> People's like, you know, throw that around a bit. Paul is dead and everything. You guys familiar with the actual, like, conspiracy of it? No, what is it? Just what you and I have talked about. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know anything about this. What is this? So like, the, the idea is, like, 1966, Paul McCartney gets in an auto accident that kills him and it's at the height of the Beatles popularity it would just be totally detrimental to the band maybe even the world at large because I mean the reaction for most people towards the Beatles is like hysteria so they stage this elaborate thing where in Canada they hold a Paul McCartney look-alike contest and find a guy named um, William Paul Sh- McCartney <laughs> <laughs> a guy named uh, William Shears and he's so good at playing Paul McCartney, they bring him in, they give him some plastic surgery, they make him look more like Paul McCartney, and they actually put him in as Paul McCartney. And uh, at the time of his death, Paul McCartney was dating Jane Asher, a famous model, and they were all like going to get married and everything. But then she said, oh, he was like another person, he changed completely. And he, he dumped her, went for Linda Eastman, an American, but then they put all these secret messages in the, in the music and in the album art and everything. That's the part that always confused me. Why they would lead yeah. everyone on? Okay, guys, let's let's do this huge conspiracy that the whole fate of humanity's sanity depends upon the su- successful pulling off of. Now let's just place multiple hints as to the horrible lies that we have perpetrated. Yeah, other than the Beatles were practical jokers, there's no real uh, <laughs> there's no real substance as to why it would have happened. But it it's actually you know a pretty creepy thing because uh, I don't know how many of you guys have actually listened to the song Revolution Nine. But it's this many minutes long sound collage of terrifying noises. Yeah, I've listened to like the first five seconds and went, oh, skip. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> I, I like it. It's like, <laughs> number nine? It's like noise. Number nine? nine? Number nine? Well, I, I also number listen nine? to Steve Reich on a regular basis, so. Yeah, if you like the same chord over and over again, that's your jam, boy. Just, uh, it's just a bunch of weird sound bites looped together. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, the sound collage is kind of something that's common in modern experimental music. The Beatles pretty much invented it. Like, no one had ever heard anything like it before. And when I was a little kid, I used to skip that track because it was terrifying. <laughs> so... Maybe they just put a necrophone up to the real part Paul McCartney's grave. <laughs> I think that's, that's exactly that, where it was. That track. <laughs> like, we need one real song now that he's gone. Well, the deal is, is that after playing like that, that phrase number nine, where, where an announcer says the, the words number nine over again, you play it backwards, and it sounds like he's saying, "Turn me on, dead man." Turn me on, which is also when I hear number nine over and over and over again, I want to kill the president. Is that weird? Uh, it's, I mean, that's just normal. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Just wondering if anyone else had that experience. No. There's also you put a, a mirror in the middle of the uh, the Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band drum. And it spells out in the reflection when you get the top and the bottom together this weird little uh, little message that says one x he die. So it's like <laughs> it's it's all these like kind of like it's all very very convoluted but but very oh. haunting in a lot of Who ways. Who does these things? 
Like, do they do this to every album cover? They put up mirrors at every single angle to find the secret messages to tell them not to kill the president? What else are you going to do when you listen to the Beatles on acid? Yeah, yeah, I think it has to do a lot with, you know, 60s, 70s drug culture and, like, just taking taking music and obsessing over it, which, you know, it's good music. Damn right. But, like, you're locked in your room, in your egg chair, with your headphones on, and all you've got is nothing but, you know, you're just strung out on drugs, man, and just looking at the vinyl. They didn't have the internet to trip yeah, out man. on. Yeah, they didn't, they couldn't just, you know, F5 all day. They had to, like... <laughs> Look at this thing. <laughs> oh man, I see it. It's so full of stars. And then there's a lot of uh, interesting complexities and stuff to this to this whole sort of social movement because a lot of people did believe that Paul McCartney was dead for a while. The world was a much smaller place back then. They couldn't really get confirmation of anything, and it just kind of snowballed till it got out of control. Unlike <laughs> when I read Leslie Nielsen died. Yeah, it's he died. Wikipedia was already updated, and everything was in the past tense. Yeah, that's. Hmm. <laughs> That's thorough. I think he just wanted to escape his dying career, which makes me upset because I really wanted an Airplane 3. <laughs> but I guess he won't be in it if they decide to. <laughs> no dice, it. Mr. Brandon. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Cat, the cat agrees with me. Airplane <laughs> 3 should be made by someone. But speaking of Paula's dead, MC Lars and Whitey Cracker and their dead. collab. You heard it here first. What? No, they're, they're alive and well. Don't. Anyways, um, <laughs> they, uh, they had a co- collaboration album called Digital Gangsters, and on that album they had a track about conspiracies called Paula's Well, Dad. you know what they're saying, right? Like, by making this statement, they're kind of reverse engineering the message, and I think that we know what they're saying. They're saying that... that Frontalot is dead? Front, they uh, are obviously, dead. Like, Frontalot is dead. He's been replaced by a double. But I... Huh. Front a little. Yeah, front a little. Not front a lot. There's a front of little squad. Was he replaced by all of them? We don't have all the answers right now. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the track. Dead. So I played it backwards 
Cause every time I went to bed When I woke up Judas Priest were dancing naked on my dresser More annoying than an hour of Fran Drescher The Jersey Devil and the Jackalope The Yeti and the Unicorn couldn't really cope So they froze Walt Disney with the Freemasons Union While Anton LaVey had a satanic communion With Pope John Paul and Pete Wee Herman Or General Sherman helped the Germans Invade Poland's with Davidians and listen, I determined these facts though they were once restricted. I guess you're wondering how I figured out what all these conspiracies are really all about. On TV, Ice T once denigrated cops, now he plays a cop on TV. When will it stop? I'm tired of waiting down there in that damp cellar for you to bring up my next experimental subject. Upstairs and overheard everything. Aliens and magic bullets, Masonic right thought of coolest. Illuminati got me abducted in my body. John Gotti doesn't even know if Jimmy Hoffa died. Clearly, it's just another mystical conspiracy theory. Aliens and magic bullets, Masonic right thought of coolest. Illuminati got me abducted in my body. John Gotti doesn't even know if Jimmy Hoffa died. Clearly. Thor. He grabbed my hand. His hand was skin soft as a lady's or a baby's skin, but it was a grip of a man. And we spent 30 minutes, mostly me asking questions and he giving answers. And he claimed that he was from the inside of the planet that our Bible calls the morning and the evening star, the planet Venus. He said yes. All, all of this time, Mr. Thor was at the Pentagon for three years, mind you, and he was going and coming at will. He was brought to the President of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower and Richard Nixon, offered to give them information on how the American people could successfully live without sickness, without poverty, without disease, and without death. They told him, we're sorry that we cannot accept the information that you're freely giving us because it will ruin the economy of this With us on the phone, we have the guy from Crazy Fucking Conspiracies. Now, this is a real guy. This is a real guy. Okay. I don't know his name. i just been calling him CFC Guy. Mm. Uh, what, what should we call you? CFC Guy will suffice. All right, so okay. very, very incognito. He, he replied to me with several different email addresses. <laughs> it was really hard to keep things going. You're paranoid, man. I have to change email addresses 
roughly every two to three days. Wow, that's a lifestyle that I don't envy. What has put you in such a place of danger? I mean... I report the truth, and the government can't stand that. Yeah, but your website's just, you know, easily accessible. The website is set up through a number of proxy servers. <laughs> I'm quite a bit smarter than certain FBI agents. Certain ones? Very specific ones, then? You've got some enemies? I've got several enemies. I won't take the time to address them all here, as I'm sure that the program would last quite long enough. <laughs> fair, fair enough. That is more than enough. Now, I just my enemies are, I mean, we're not talking only the United States government. We're talking... Every government of the 21st century and a few of the 22nd century. Interesting, so time travel is a factor here. Oh, yes. Sideways time travel, forward time travel, all time travel. So they, they all exist. Both sidestepping in alternate realities and uh, moving forward in our own are both viable modes of cronular transportation. Cronial? Yes. Wow. The things that I learn. Well, we've got, look, man, we've got you on here for a couple reasons. One, you know, we think your website's hilarious, be it true or not. Um, it's very true, but thank you. <laughs> uh, but I, are you okay with us finding balls um, right that. in your case I, you know, I've been doing this work for years and I've come across many people who think it's all funny and for jokes and uh, you know I've just learned to accept that and you will learn the truth eventually or you'll be consumed and destroyed by it either way Someone makes a comment in regards to how relaxed crazy fucking conspiracy guy sounds since he types in all caps. They assumed that he would be shouting all the time. Oh, actually I am shouting. It just sounds like I'm not due to the voice modulation I have to use to make sure that the internet future people are not recording me and tracking me from the future. Surprise is expressed at the mention of internet future people. This is the life that I lead. <laughs> the reason we've brought you on here, unintelligible dialogue, is your gripe with our co-host, Brian Clevenger. You guys an asshole. Someone asks how the feud started. I don't know whose fault it is, but, uh, you know, it seemed like he was trying to take credit for my work, and, or, you know, I'm used to people laughing at my work, that's one thing, but to take credit for it, that is wholly another thing altogether. Cap addresses Brian and his opinion. Fuck that guy. Cap says, those are fighting words. Cap says, we don't have time for a bicker fest. You just keep that Clevenger guy quiet, and we can conduct this interview just fine. Mike says, that sounds fair. And Cap says, again, you sound more laid back than I expect you would. Again, I'm screaming practically at the top of my lungs. It is only the voice modulation software. A question is asked in regards to how much CFC guy knows about Nerdy Show. Oh, I know things. Don't worry about that. I've got documents on all you people. Mike laughs nervously and says, uh-oh. Yes, Mr. Pandell, you especially. Mike makes nervous comments about how much information CFC guy has in regards to his internet browsing. That is only the beginning. Mike makes nervous comments in regards to seeing certain kinds of porn online and whether it may be used against him. Sometimes that's unfortunate, but uh, we can keep this friendly. Wow, okay. Hey, choose your words carefully, Mike. Is it Mike. senior? Mike asks for clarification on the CFC guy calling World War One World War Two. We're not trying to go for this. Right. In common history, that's what it was. I want to know the story. What was the real World War One? Just why don't we know a gateway? The real World War One took place in the 1830s, and primarily it was fought on Mars, which is why we don't know a lot about it. It was fought by captains of industry using their electrogravitic spaceships. That's how they were able to escape the confines of common histories on Earth and reach the planet Mars. It formed the basis of uh, the War of the World. That's where 
that she was got the real inspiration for. Now that we've Mars, I don't know, we've talked to all these people and encountered all these things. I mean, really, a, like a face on it, canals, this sort of stuff. For ultra, the doubt and the uncertainty. It's exciting. It's also dangerous because all of a sudden, next thing you know, absolutely, obviously. So, so did did humanity establish a civilization on Mars? Conspiracy and theory destroy itself? Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. The war ended the, the Martian occupation. So there were no Martians, though. Well, if there were, they were probably uh, executed systematically by the Atlanteans. <laughs> Whoa! This wasn't Earth's first expedition to Mars. Make no mistake. Cap asked. So before the 1800s? Yeah, the Atlanteans. They must have landed on Mars first. Mike asks for clarification in regards to the Atlanteans. Yeah, from the fabled city of Atlantis, yes. Okay. Cap asks, what about the allegations that Atlanteans are from outer space? Clarifying that that is a popular belief. That's a pretty stupid one. Wait. It's so, so crazy. Hold on. <laughs> Mike says, wait, so Atlanteans are not aliens. Are they just humans? Correct. I'm not entirely sure what they are or were or will be, depending on your temporal, chronal perspective on things, but uh, they were definitely terrestrial. Okay, and where is Atlantis located? Currently, Atlantis is located transdimensionally toward Earth, slightly to the left, but we would perceive it physically as within uh, the Marianas Trench in the Pacific Ocean. Very cleverly hidden by calling it Atlantis, we all look naturally in the Atlantic, but oh no, they were much smarter than that and buried it deep into the Pacific. Why did they bury Uh, it? Their reasons are their own. Okay. <laughs> where do you where do you collect your evidence? I mean, all of these are very very drastic things. Many of them, uh, despite what I've read about conspiracies in the past, I've never heard except for and on your site. Like, what are your sources for this? Primarily myself. I'm something of an adventurer, uh, living outside of my car as I do, and I travel the world and I collect evidence. Um, it's a lot like Indiana Jones, actually. Oh, okay. Uh. Uh-uh. Indiana Jones. What, there what was uh, that filter? new one with the crystal skulls. Uh, yeah, an aliens. An aliens. Mm-hmm. Who are transdimensional. Transdimensional. <laughs> mm-hmm. they got, they, see, the, the fourth one is the best one as it gets the closest to the truth. Oh. <laughs> Differing opinions. Okay. <laughs> what do you anticipate for the fifth Indiana Jones film? I, I don't know. I would be curious to see how far Mr. Lucas is willing to go with disguising the truth yet revealing the truth through these Wonderful cinematic metaphors. Now, did you see the the recent news that George Lucas is buying the rights of dead actors' likenesses to put them in future films? Uh, yes, I did. That is a very wise move, as many of these actors, because all, as we know, celebrities are very powerful people, far more important than most ordinary people, and many of them were involved in, in these conspiracies. I was giving Micah, you've got to be fucking kidding me face. I hadn't heard that at all. Yeah, it's happening. Who, who's he bought? Um, I think he just made some broad claims that he's going to be doing that soon. That's funny, considering that when episode one was starting up, there were all these rumors that he was going to be putting a CGI face of Alec Guinness over Ewan McGregor. Oh my god, that's crazy. Well, Have you ever been to the future? Have you ever time-traveled yourself? I've been to a future. Really? Yes. What did you see in this future? Uh, desolation. It was a lot like the American Southwest, but forever. Uh, is there any way we can uh, pre- prevent this desolation? Uh, well, that's the thing about traveling to a future. You're not sure if it's an alternate one or the real one or one that has already happened but won't happen to your timeline. It's it's tricky stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that actually makes me uh, uh, wonder. 
I mean, you, clearly you're you're an adventurer. You've had some kind of time travel experience. How did all of this start? What put your life on this slippery slope? Uh, have you ever seen there's a television show called The X Files? I am familiar with it. You yeah. can say. Yeah. Okay. Well, I watched two or three of those, and I figured this was the life for me. <laughs> uh, when was this? Season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only you'd chosen Briscoe County Jr. instead. Well, I originate my home timeline is well after the Briscoe County era. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, you're talking about all these different time periods and everything, um, and different eras and time travel. Is this even your your home reality? Or are you? Are I, you... Uh, I'm about ninety five to ninety seven percent sure that yes. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm. There's always going to be that that slight doubt. I wanna I wanna play a game, kind of like a like word association game. Sure. Oh, I love these. Except where I'm gonna throw something at you, and in the most concise way, you're going to tell me the truth about the subject. Okay. okay. Aliens. Illuminati. Okay. Um, Bigfoot. Illuminati. Okay. <laughs> Dolphin. Future Illuminati. Okay. 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 Atlantis. Lunar Illuminati. Okay. Um, werewolves. Fake. <laughs> Whoa! Hold up! Hold up! Of all the things that I've ever seen, and may, I think I can speak on behalf of all of Nerdy Show on this fact that the mm-hmm. thing that that we've encountered that is uh, maybe the most challenging to our beliefs about what is real and what is not real are are werewolves, and we've seen uh, very recently had an entanglement with both werewolves and ghosts. I don't know about that, man. What, what do was you it think? A, wait, just, to, just to clarify, was it a werewolf ghost? Because that I would believe. It, it was. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was, there were two separate uh, separate things, uh, not necessarily in conjunction with each other, just closely related. Uh, so what makes you think that werewolves aren't real? I've never found one myself. But why would a werewolf ghost be more believable? Well, then you're dealing with the spiritual plane and anything goes. Okay. Um, for instance, uh, I've had multiple encounters with this spookiness creature. Oh shit! Well, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Uh, me too. Actually. Mm. Well, you may have created him. Well, I guess he didn't. You couldn't create him. I, but you, I, you gave him the name spookiness. I, I did. I, I, maybe. I think. Well, maybe. Unless you were influenced. Yeah. Who knows? It, t- um, spookiness is something I've been dealing with my entire life. Um, what? What is Spookamus? Can you give me any sort of insight on Spookamus? My investigations have been rather disastrous in that area. Mm. Okay, that um, that sounds <laughs> that sounds part of the course. Yes. Uh, with it, any any dealings I've had with that certain specter, yeah, he'll screw up anything you throw his way. Yeah. Be it fantasy football games or you know, <laughs> podcast recording. Anything. Anything. <laughs> Well, um... Chupacabras. Um, Illuminati. Okay. Oh. Illuminati. Atlanteans. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> working in circles now. Oh, yeah. Wait, is the Illuminati current? Are they are they still around? Oh, they're... I think the proper term is ultra-current. They exist across all time and space. So, are you implying that Illuminati are Atlanteans? At one point, Yes. Are they still around? In this timeline. That I'm, I'm, see, this is where things get sticky because we have interweaving and interlocking timelines. We have alternate timelines, all intersecting and intermingling and 
coexisting. It can be difficult to parse out exactly what is going on. So it could be Atlanteans. I will not rule out current Atlantean existence. Hmm. All right, that's complicated. It's enough to drive you crazy. <laughs> well, that's a uh, that's actually a, a, a question I have. Like crazy fucking conspiracies. That's a pretty radical, somewhat self-aware name for a blog dedicated to exposing very controversial truths. Why that name? Well, I am aware of how these things sound to a quote-unquote rational mind. And I've seen some other conspiracy sites out there, and those guys are just nuts. <laughs> if you say so, man. I mean, I guess you'd know. Yeah. A lot of them are, I suppose they're well-meaning individuals, but these are clearly people with entirely too much time on their hands. They'll believe just about anything you tell them. Ultimately, they're doing the movement for truth more harm than good, but their heart is in the right place. Brian, you've been quiet this whole time. I guess you're trying to play it safe. Yeah, I don't want to piss this guy off. He's freaking me out. <laughs> I mean, I know, I, I, judging by what he's been talking about, I know a lot of that hits close to home and your own research and everything. Uh, I have... We're running a little low on time on the interview, but if you got one question to ask this guy, now's your chance. What do you got for him? Okay. Uh, all this time crap that he's talking about. Who is president in the year 2336? Uh, the Illuminati. Well, all of them? Yes. The entire Illuminati council will be president in that time. Uh, so they wouldn't have even bothered to strike the terminology of president and not just be the Illuminati? It is part of how they fleece the American people into voting for them. It's a rather complicated process. Well, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, mostly people elect the party anyway, so if the party's the Illuminati, then it doesn't really matter if it's one person or several people or a... Uh, this is heavy. ...biomechanical mess of electronic heads sewn together. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah. And they have happened, and they will happen again and again. Oh, thank you uh, very much, CFC guy, for joining us. If you got any truth bombs you ever need to drop, um, you can totally drop them on us so long as they are not actual explosives. Oh, I'm glad you made that specification. Thank you. Oh, I can't be too careful these days. <laughs> no, no, you honestly cannot. I, actually, I've got a, I've got one last question for you before we sign off. Um, sure. We're, uh, we're going to interview a woman a little bit later in the episode. Her name's Linnea Lee. She writes about Mayan apocalyptic prophecies, crystal skulls, things like that. I was wondering if you'd heard of her. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, she's about 30 to 40% right. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Coming up next, Linnea Lee, 30 to 40% right, according to Crazy Fucking Conspiracies. See you after the musical break. Now a question. What have Herbert Hoover, Art Linkletter, Jack London, and Richard Nixon all had in common? Well, they've all been members of the exclusive all-male Bohemian Club in California, where every year at this time, the elite from around the country get together for two and a half weeks of uh, fun and games. Gemini! As this special assignment report. A non-essential elite presidential retreat Confidential, discreet, monumental deceit They're not gentle or sweet, more than mental defeat Once you enter your seat, well now you're in for a treat The cremation of care to the creation of fear This location is where they vacation each year My frustration, I swear, is for the whole nation to hear My donation to your ears, world domination is near Listen, wealthy and well-placed are these snake-eyed hawks Unhealthy and pale-faced at their lakeside talks I've come to warn you, they cover their heads with hoods And dance around naked in California's redwoods A gentleman's club, equipped with good drinks and table shows Hat legs rolled up, put winks and cable toes Mark sacrifices to mullock, alcoholics frolic Political false prophets come to pickpocket your wallet Who? Tell me who? Tell me who? 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 
Tell me who, tell me who, 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 tell me who, tell me, tell me, tell me who, 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 tell me who, tell me, tell me, tell me who, 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 tell me who, tell me who, 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 tell me who, tell me who, 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 tell me who, tell me, tell me, tell me who, 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 tell me who, tell me, tell me, tell me who, Bones membership grows by 15. Evidence the could bury presidents if seen. There'll be more than regrets if one of their secrets gets told. There will be more than threats as the last cigarette gets rolled. You must have plenty of money to enter the windowless tomb. 322, not many have been through this room. Trust me, the order of death amounts to more than Masons. Trilateral Commission Council on Foreign Relations. Listen, comes to paint a portrait of a picture scary. It's like a eugenics project, the way they intermarry. Scriptures vary, but many say that it's just a mirage. Made the money off the slave trade and espionage. Ask the paparazzi, Father George. His pops was a Nazi Clear the smoke and you'll find old folks cloaked in Versace Watch me expose those that chose a lousy copy Of a German fraternity financed by the drowsy poppy Who? Tell me who? Tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? Who? Tell me who? Tell me, tell me, tell me who? Secret Society With us on the phone is Linnea Lee, and she's an author of uh, many books and uh, and poems. And an ongoing series she's doing, a five-part series, is about the lost continent of Atlantis, crystal skulls, and uh, people who have uh, mixed progeny with extraterrestrial beings. Welcome, Linnea. Welcome to Nerdy Show. Hi. So, Linnea, tell me about the Of Atlantis series. Well, it's fair. We start, book one is Of Atlantis, that's the name of it. And that starts on the continent of Atlantis. And I'm writing about the last known king of Atlantis. His name is Archimedes. But there's something unusual about him. He has an unlimited source of power. And there knows where it came from, but his father doesn't, the king that preceded him, which makes him fearful of his son at times. His father has an advisor. His name is Uric. He's my villain. He has the same source of power that Archimedes does. And Yurik gets the idea that if he can harness the powers of Archimedes along with his own, it will make him powerful enough to become master of the universe. The whole universe? Now, the whole series of Atlantis is steeped in history. So Yurik chases Archimedes throughout history. They survive the devastation because of their powers. And Archimedes is taking on identities like Imhotep of ancient Egypt, Pakal of the Mayans. I uh, got Nostradamus in there. <laughs> well, um, is he actually like the historical Archimedes? Is he is like he that actual historical figure as well, or is his name just Archimedes? His name's Archimedes. Okay. I, I not the name stuck in my head from high school. I know Archimedes is a Greek mathematician. But when I was writing the book, it just popped in there, and I said, oh, how cool, and I'll use it. Might as well. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, tell me, I've read uh, Synopsis, and uh, Archimedes is, I think I think I have this right, he's half Orion, which is an alien race? Absolutely correct. 
and I know you uh, actually believe in, in the lost continent of Atlantis. I was wondering if you could uh, tell us about that and, and what's made you so firm in your belief of this lost continent. Well, my mom was a teacher, and she introduced me to Plato's Atlantis when I was five, and I've been obsessed since. And one thing that really stood out to me is Edgar Casey, the prophet of the 30s and 40s, he said that a part of Atlantis would be discovered in 1968. The Bimini Road was found in 1968. Since then, that's all I needed. <laughs> I've heard of the Bimini Road, but could you uh, expand on the, the topic of the Bimini Road and exactly what that represents for the feasibility of Atlantis having actually existed? Yes, my theory is Atlantis is in the Caribbean. And the Bimini Road is right off the island of Bimini. It's a mass of stone different pieces of stone that looks like it could have been a walkway or some sort or some sort of harbor maybe hmm. they don't know for sure yet but you know it, the stones are man-made there is no way that mother nature could have done that uh-uh. there's a, a man who we interviewed uh, earlier in the episode who runs a website called crazyfuckingconspiracies.com. He's got a lot of wild theories. Whether they're true or not, I, I couldn't say, because they, uh, they're they all across the board. Uh, but one of them, he suggests that Atlantis does exist, but the reason we've never found concrete evidence of it is that Atlantean technology actually moved the Lost Continent to the Pacific, where it was then destroyed. And the problem is we've been looking in the wrong place. I disagree. Because right off the coast of Cuba... They did some underwater sonar on the ground floor of the sea, the ocean floor, mm. and they found echoes of buildings under the seafloor. They also found that the seafloor was 75% beach sand, which means it was above water at one time. Mm. That's enough for me. Well, you know, uh, there's the, the underwater pyramid over in uh, Japan. They found, yes, they found that's actual... from another lost civilization. That is not Atlantis. Cause Do you Plato think they had any himself, kind of trade or anything with Atlantis? Plato himself said Atlantis was beyond the pillars of Hercules, which we know today is the Straits of Gibraltar, which would put it in the Atlantic Ocean. But and that is my belief. I mean, the world is circular. It could, in theory, go <laughs> it, would, it would be beyond. Yeah, yeah that's true. Be it would be really, beyond. Really, really beyond. Well, let, let me tell you this. Our world is 4.5 billion, that's with a B, years old. And scientists and scholars say the dawn of mankind was, what, 50,000 years ago? I don't buy it. Just look around. I mean, look at the Great Wall of China, Stonehenge, the pyramids on the Giza Plateau, the pyramids in Central America, the mounds and islands. They were built by primitive man, but they had to have help. So you, so you do believe that extraterrestrials have interacted with the human race? Oh, absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Now, do you think there's any sort of connection with the Bermuda Triangle and Atlantis? Because if you're saying yes. it's off the coast of Bimini, that's isn't that like smack dab? Yes, I do. But I think what the Bermuda Triangle is, is a doorway or a vortex to another dimension. Because it was Einstein himself that said, for each known dimension, there is an innumerable amount of unknown dimensions. So yes, if Einstein makes sense out of it, I can do. <laughs> it's true. One thing's for sure. There's been 
uh, just countless things going on in the Bermuda Triangle one way or another. Even if it's a massive just magnetic disturbance, there's something, you know, something up with that place. All the ships and planes that have gone down in the Bermuda Triangle, whether they went down by weather anomalies or whatever, there would have been some sort of debris left. Where's the debris? That's and, true. Yeah, and maybe like Amelia Earhart's just living it up in this other dimension. That's know? a story I'd like to read. Yeah. I think the, 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 the most interesting was Flight 19, the five planes during World War II. Oh, yeah. They disappeared. Did they sit down a reconnaissance plane to find it? And it disappeared. <laughs> so, so if there's like this interdimensional nexus in the Bermuda Triangle, and that's also where Atlantis went down, and they're somehow related, was Atlantis moved to this other reality, or is it at the bottom of the ocean, or is it like in between? I'm just, I'm curious. I think it's beneath the seafloor, I really do. Because why is the seafloor 75% beach sand? Gotcha, yeah. Now, um... And like the Caribbean islands are the most beautiful in the world. And I believe they are remnants of the continent of Atlantis, whether it be the mountaintops or the hills. I believe there was left. Another major element of your of Atlantis series are the crystal skulls of Belize. Oh and, yes. And um, I know that there's been a lot of discussion about the crystal skulls and how during this the last century they were showing up in uh, you know museums and uh, and auction houses and so on. And everyone was saying that they were ancient pre-Columbian artifacts. But then there was a lot of evidence to suggest, and, and people have, people believe all kinds of things about them. They have healing properties, that they have uh, crystal ball properties, and you can see the future in them or some sort of visions. But then there's also been a lot of um, information suggesting that they're actually uh, fabrications because all signs point to uh, them being from the 1800s because only then was the use of uh, carbonundum, a material to carve the skulls, only, only during the 1800s was that available. Um, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yes, I do. The High Council of Atlantis consisted of 13. There are 13 crystal skulls. These skulls are made out of quartz crystal, the second hardest substance known to man. There's no flaws, though. They're perfect. Even with today's technology with a laser or diamond cutter, you can still feel the stop-start marks. There are none. And I, I had a friend of mine, she's intuitive, and she got to spend time with the Mitchell Hedges skull, which they think is the oh, wow. 13th skull. And she said, I would not believe the power that that skull emitted. She said it was just unreal. If you think about it, our computer microchips are made out of quartz crystal. I believe they're an ancient form of computer. So it's a pretty big, pretty big crystal, though. They're, they're, how, they're the size of a human skull, correct? Correct. So they'd be like a one, living computer. You know, but one scientist, uh, it was Adam Mitchell Hedges that let this certain people examine the Mitchell Hedges skull. And one of the scientists said that the skull should not even exist because they couldn't be of this earth. There's no way that they could have been made. So do you believe that the, uh, the Council of Thirteen were uh, part extraterrestrial or completely extraterrestrial? I believe the skulls are completely extraterrestrial, yes, I do. Because there's no way. There is no way. They're too perfect. And if they were made in the 1800s, by what the material you said, there'd still be flaws. There are no flaws. None. 
So why would extraterrestrials make human crystal skulls and not their own alien crystal skulls? Who's to say it's not their skulls? Oh, who? Oh, it's like actually, oh, so maybe aliens look just like us or have the same skeleton structure? Yeah, or, or similar. Gotcha. How many races do you believe uh, of aliens have, have interacted with humanity over the years? I have no idea, but I would suspect quite a few. Because in the universe, they say there's over 300 galaxies. Ours is just one. We would be mighty arrogant and self-centered to believe that we're the only living being. That's very true. Now, do you believe that, like, in uh, government conspiracies to cover up the existence of extraterrestrials? Yes, I do. Do you think that perhaps aliens have been visiting us for quite some time and, and the government has been covering it up? Yes, I do. Now, there's, there's a lot of famous instances of this during the 1950s, for example, the most popular one being of the Area 51. The Roswell incident. Right. Yeah, right. and or uh, I think it's All right, yes, to me this one. Why did the government deny Area 51 until the 1990s? Until they got a satellite image of the place. Then they had to say it existed. Then they moved. I mean, it's it's true. It got to a point where <laughs> they weren't fooling anybody anymore. Yeah. No matter what right. they were doing in there, it you it used to be secret, and then it was at risk. So now I, I watch a, a lot of you know science fiction, and I read a lot of science fiction. Do you think that a Men in Black scenario, like in the films, where there's just aliens integrated into human society, but they're disguised, do you think that happens at all? It's a possibility. I'm not sure if that happens or not, but it's very a viable possibility. I, I, that idea excites me. I'd like, I'd like to think that some of the stranger folks I've met have been alien visitors. Mike, sometimes I like to think that you are. <laughs> well, you know, it would be nice to think that another race cared that much. And of course, they're more intellectual than we are. If they are here and they have interacted with us, you admit they have, they know what the word humanity means. Somewhere throughout our history, we've lost the meaning to that word. Now, there are intellectuals in the community, such as uh, Stephen Hawking even, who state that we should actually try to avoid alien contact because any contact with them would be very similar to when the conquistadors first had impact with the Native Americans, that they would just come and uh, we'd have a very a scenario very similar to Independence Day, where the aliens were coming just to reap our world for its resources. Do you think the aliens would not have that kind of reaction, that, but they would in fact be benefactors? You know, if, if they were so highly advanced more than us, why would they waste their time on us if they didn't care? You, so you're thinking that they're humane aliens? Yes, I do. And using the, the traditional word of, of humanity coming from the word humane. Exactly, exactly. We're all creatures of the universe. And that's what I believe it has. That's what I believe that they, that's how, how I hope they look at it. I mean, um, our own history has kind of shown that when a more advanced civilization finds a more primitive civilization, they destroy it, they conquer it, they take the land for what they need. What, what's to say that, you know, the Klingons out there aren't going to, 
for example, just come and, and just take us over for our natural resources? Because we're not, this isn't the only planet. Like I say, the galaxies, that they're, they say there's 300 more galaxies. Why do they want our little petty butt to that planet? When who knows they're out there. They're just as, they have flourished just like Earth has. Well, it's my understanding that water is the most sought after and necessary ingredient to life in the universe, and it's an extremely rare thing to have moving water on a planet. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at other planets in the or moons in our solar system alone, we're the only one with drinkable water as it is, with a planet at 75% of it, yeah. so, on the surface at least. So that, that But they just found, you know, like crystals of Mars that has shown that there was water on Mars at one time. That's true, the the, uh, the canals and all that. Uh, uh, tell me, that's actually one of my favorite Martian subjects is the, the presence of, of objects on Mars. Of course, there's the pyramids of Mars. And the face. But my favorite is the, the face because yeah. that was just, I, I don't know, the first time I saw that when I was a little kid, that, that stuck with me to say the yeah. least. It's a very striking image. If you look at that face and you look at the pyramids in Central America, you're going to find that same face. And whose face is that? Is that some, um, like, Mayan god or Aztec god? Or one of the councils of 13? There you go. Wow. Now, Because, like, I mean, that really floored me when, you know, somebody suggested it to me. So I looked it up on the computer, the face of Mars, and they're right. <laughs> it does look like some of the hieroglyphs on the Mayan pyramids really does. Something that Nerdy Show has personally had a lot of uh, entanglement with recently, much to our regret, really, has been some uh, paranormal instances. We recorded an episode about a month ago where a friend of ours had disappeared and things got really strange. We didn't know what was happening with him. And while we were recording an episode, we got these mysterious phone calls that actually turned out to be uh, him communicating with us. But it was... um, it was a really weird instance where like a door to the the spirit world kind of opened and all sorts of terrible stuff was happening with our audio we were getting all kinds of distorted noise we heard what sounded like whispering and music and mm-hmm. things that didn't make sense uh i know that you've got some ties to the spiritual world of uh this existence i uh your grandmother was a black witch i was wondering if you had any uh, uh any thoughts on on ghosts and the and the paranormal they're real they exist no doubt in my mind. I've never seen one, but I've heard them, I've smelled them, and I've felt them. You smelled them? Never that's that's them. unusual. How do you smell a ghost? Yeah, my mom used to wear, she died when I was eight. She used to wear Chanel number five, and that is a very distinct smell, one you don't forget. I was in our living room one day in front of our entertainment center, and I started smelling that. My husband came in there, and I said, Tell me, do you notice anything unusual and doggone? He said, what kind of new perfume you got? <laughs> I like fell over. I knew it was my mom. I mean. Is the spirit world like another another realm, another reality that crosses over? Like, I, I'm having trouble getting, getting a grip on this. You've got to remember, a human being has an aura. And the aura is electricity. Spirits, they are electricity. Their energy. Energy can manifest in any form, but you've got to remember we are also energy. And when we die, our physical body dies, but the energy doesn't die. Where does it go? 
for another round, another dimension. And is that somewhere I could access from the Bermuda Triangle? I don't know. <laughs> I said I don't know. I don't know. Linnea, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read that you had um, interaction with actually like a ghost writer named Christopher Hill who actually uh, who managed to come into you and from the afterlife and have this... no 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 a ghost writer a ghost writer is a writer that uh, that an author hires to help him write a book. So That's you, the term of a ghost writer. So you can hire a ghost. <laughs> yeah, if you want to feel like yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have to like do like a seance? No, you don't mess with like witch boards or seances unless you are professional and know what you are doing. So because I always say you can, you can leave open a portal. That's true. So it's really kind of irresponsible for Walmart to sell Ouija boards. Well, that's that's up to them, but I'll tell you what, I will not allow a Ouija board in my house. <laughs> so all those ideas we had about trying to trying to deal with our spook problems from last time. Yeah. Uh, we should we should stay out of that. <laughs> now, uh, now, can I plug my new book? Oh, absolutely, Linnea. Like it's uh go go right ahead. It's called Prey of the Scavenger. It's a psychological thriller. Have y'all seen Shutter Island? I no, really wanted to though. It looked great. It will my book is a totally different topic. But it unfolds much like Shutter Island. You have no idea what is really going on to the very, very end. It is about a serial killer that practices hoodoo. Did you say practices That's hoodoo? Different. Hoodoo. Okay. Hoodoo is like African magic. Okay. And I'm about finished with another one called Paradox 5. That's about Hitler's fictitious illegitimate grandson. You have a poem about that, right? About right. Hitler's grandson? Called Insanity's Insanity Child? Child? Yeah. Right. I'm working on another one called A Thorn Within the Roses. And that's about a black female serial killer slave during the Civil War. Wow. That's a combination I've admit, never heard. You have got to admit my ideas are unique. Oh, man. Yeah. That is how I would describe them. That is a killer combo. Literally, that's amazing. Wow. Hollywood needs new material. And I, in the works of my head, I haven't started it yet. But I'm sure y'all are familiar with Eastern State Penitentiary. No, actually. I, I, don't, I don't know that, that particular... Uh, that is a prison that's in Pennsylvania. It's a Quaker prison. And they thought the way to die was total solitude. So being in that prison, you had no human interaction whatsoever. Yikes. Nine out of ten of the inmates went insane. <laughs> and I want to do a book about an escapee from there. And I've already got my title. It's called Hallowed by the Horror. Sounds good. I'd read that. I just recently acquired my own publisher, and when she read for the scavenger, she read the chapter five and then wanted to stop me. <laughs> and she wants me to stay in a psychological thriller genre because she says I'm good at it. So that's what I'm doing. Now, the, there's two books in the Of Atlanta series. When can we expect to see the third one? Yeah, next year. 
Okay, so you have a title for that there one yet? Three, four, and five. What by publishers AJ Spencer? What she's gonna do is put them all five like in a box set, and you know, offer them for sale that way. Oh, right on. What we're gonna close out with is actually a reading of Insanity's Child, the poem about Hitler's grandson. And uh, something I noticed when I was listening to this this poem was that it suggests that um, Hitler's and I don't know if I, I know Hitler believed a lot of a lot of extreme uh, stuff. I mean, he was he was a nut job for a lot of reasons. Yeah, so. I mean, he had the um, the. I know this is a fact that he had the spear of Longinus, the, yeah. one, the one that pierced Christ's heart. Oh yeah, and he had oh, that, yeah. and that's how he kept the superheroes out of World War II. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's the only way that they could actually oppose well, basically the secret war of World War II and yeah. and all that. But in in the poem, it mentions that Aryans descended from Atlantis, which I'd never heard before. Can you tell me a little bit about that before we go into the poem, just to give it some context? Well, what the Aryan race supposedly did come from Atlantis, but also the old German race was called Aryan. They were giants, supposedly, in German lore. Uh-huh. So Hitler was always, you know, he was a big fanatical man into the occult and supernatural because he was always looking for relics and artifacts to, you know, glorify the Nazi party. That's where I came up with the idea of Paradox Five, because his grandson is going to try to glorify his grandfather's name. And you said you wanted a sci-fi. It's got time went off. The Paradox is a time travel machine, and I called it the Paradox because of the grandfather paradox. When you get back in time, you can't kill your own grandfather. Yeah, that's total taboo. So I named it that so the people traveling would remember that. And my five or an elite five chosen from the military for their expertise in a certain area. The five travel through time trying to stop Hitler's grandson from gaining certain artifacts and stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be three books. I must finish with the first one. Now, I know it's not okay to go back and kill your grandpa. That's right. that's a definite right. That's right, a definite, right. definite paradox. But in Back to the Future, Marty goes back and and his mother, played by Leah Thompson, was looking pretty good. Right. Like if I now just I, I'm just saying what if I'm not saying I would do this on purpose. But if I accidentally <laughs> went into the past and met my own grandma and I didn't realize it, like could I be my own grandfather? I don't see how because history is set. Okay. Oh, so it's like 12 monkeys. Back, I mean, if you go back in time and you mess with history, no matter what, how minute, what's going to change. Okay. So time time travel, if it is destined to happen, will have always happened. And what is set. What, right. So so the so, time, time travelers have already been here so, because they're going to be here, but you can't unhave them be here. So I... If I'm pretty much, if I'm my own grandson, it's already happened. Right. Okay. Locked in. It's just locked in. Here's hope. That does explain a few things about you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you got the, you got that real inbred glower to you. <laughs> just got to look about you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Well, uh, thank you, Linnea, so much for coming on the show. And thank you for having me. We're going to go into Insanity's Child. Destiny's Child? No, it's about Hitler. It's not about Destiny's Child. 
it's, it's insanity's child. But he is a child of destiny. destiny. Oh, I guess so. In the sphere of destiny. Right. Yeah. I guess. Doctor Destiny. Doctor? No. I've got a spear. Of it would be in my hard hands. to believe a remnant of an insane Hitler remains there, in our yeah, day Is there a sane Hitler? Is, there, is this an insane Hitler? I mean, there's a hipster Hitler. There is. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He hangs out with I don't think Stalin. anyone would want to deal with. Well, Hitler that doesn't was make any sense. Could be Hitler might have had an illegitimate child. <gasps> One copied from his very design. Oh, oh, oh so did Hitler genetically... Is it is it's a clone? Like, like, is a clone an illegitimate child? Was. I don't know. It's technically a clone would be an illegitimate child. You, it is out of wedlock. Yeah. You played Wolfenstein 3D. Them, it's the Frankenstein with the six axes and the chain gun no in his chest. To flee. Also, uh, this why is it scenario. this guy can only talk in two words? Because he's a Dracula. Because it's a poem. Once more, the world oh, okay. would see the horrors. From another Hitler. <gasps> the wait, concentration wait, camps. Grandchild? People. Yes. Totally. Wait, grandchild so, clone illegitimate. So every other generation is So it's his illegitimate man. grandchild? I, it's a lot know, of things. I think that, I you know, get a clone. And that was his illegitimate this, child. Then his I would illegitimate child. Had an illegitimate child? Yes. With the thought yes. what he Because <laughs> it was a girl considered. That... <laughs> Of I'm an Aryan race, right. descendants of the continent of Atlantis. There it is. Whoa. Wait, what about the unimaginable Aryans of one are from Atlantis? Solitary. Wait, Aryans? Man. Yeah, well, that's what we—that's that's that's, that's what she was saying. Wouldn't it be scary if there was a grandson? So wait, Atlantis is Caucasia? Where did the Caucasians come from? Name. Just I guess. like during I, World War Two. Stealing artifacts um, from others yes. that would glorify this name once again. Nazis also thought when that they came from Thule. Um, the man so yeah. was grasping at straws. Thule. So others huh. not would want to play okay, so, so, this insane so, game. So not the destructor. Lying, no, no. Cheating the world once again to the place but I bet they would have been really excited if they could have had would have you know Zool come down turn to a giant sorth and uh, you know sort through just G-Day a little bit well, yeah, of something like this well yeah. I just imagine a giant Franklin Delano Roosevelt stomping Normandy bodyguard <laughs> people would be well he'd roll over it anyway <laughs> <laughs> he's the ultimate mega tank <laughs> in trying to stop Take this, Ratsies! <laughs> madness once. To stop it. Can that go in Robo, please? Again, I don't think. I think the poem's twice be as long because of the way he's facing his words. Yeah. I think so. Hitler had I'm survived William the prospects. For the would you guys like to hear well, another one of her poems? They would have. I could read it so it would mighty dim. have a little bit more. I mean. Hitler. This has got. It has wind effects, but you know who else has wind effects? <gasps> I Are you? just wonder. Sorry, Galdap. Okay, I can yeah. summon Galdap. Would you guys be into that? <laughs> yes. But you need to make the, the summoning damage chant. Oh, we have a summoning chant? We have a summoning chant? You're gonna, usually he's just... Isn't it just the dinner bell? Usually he would just appear, <laughs> but you're actually calling him. He just all takes the crinkling of a Doritos bag open. <laughs> well, let's get a, a Doritos bag. 
Uh, only, once, <laughs> only once a month, please. Yeah, I, my body can only take so much. And I, be total I, chaos. Any leftover Doritos. One would have to wonder if the world would ever again. What is this guy on about? Be fine. What a horrific, terrible effect this would have on all. I think he takes tranquilizers before he reads poetry. And everything. I do. The thought of this. I just can't conceive. I like Java the Hutt having sex with Princess Leia. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> He's got a giant tongue and she's wild. in her slave outfit. Bend over. I'm sure she's we would Is the art good? Yeah, yeah it's actually all right. From she's kind of got them Disney yeah, eyes. That art is pretty good. She's a, she looks like she's been rubbed in oil. I don't know if it's Disney Maybe it's Java slime. I think it's Java slime. Looks like If we remember what the guys told us about Java. And his tongue. Sort of like Java Gucci. Insanities. Really? Yeah. Child. Oh. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that Jabba has some kind of weird. Oh yeah. Here we go. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy some flagpole set up by Harvey Danger.
you like to meet one of the Rockefellers? We became friends, and he began to divulge a lot of things to me. So he said to me one night, he said that uh, there's going to be an event you're going to see. We're going to go into Afghanistan. So we run pipelines from the Caspian Sea. We're going to go into Iraq to take the oil and establish a base in the Middle East. They said, you're going to see guys going into caves looking for people uh, that they're never going to find. There's no real enemy. By having this war on terror, you can never win it. Because this is, this is an eternal war. And so you can always keep taking people's liberties away. The media can convince everybody it's real. What's the point of this thing? You have all the money in the world you ever want. You have all the power. What, what are the ultimate goals here? The ultimate goal is to get everybody in this world chipped with the chip, with the RFID chip, and uh, have all money be on those chips and everything on those chips. And if anybody wants to protest what we do or violate what we want, we just turn off the chip. We have a Florida family who are really pioneers in a brave new world. They have volunteered to be the first ever to have microchip identification devices implanted into their body. After 9-11, I was really concerned um, with the security of my family. I wouldn't mind having something planted permanently in my arm that would identify me. We talk about conspiracy films, we talk about conspiracy books, talk about Mel Gibson's conspiracy theories, but uh, there have actually been a lot of conspiracy video games lately. And with us in the studio, we have Brandon and Jonna talking about video games with conspiracies in them. Hello. So why has there been an insurgence in conspiracy video games? Well, because What's the conspiracy? People are actually catching on to the truth of the things that have really happened to real, real life people. And uh, more people know about it, they, started, they know there's a story there, they can make money off of it, so they make video games out of it. That's why there's more conspiracy video games right now. What are the titles? Oh, well, what are the see. ones we should look for for the truth? There were some prominent ones recently. There's uh, Call of Duty Black Ops and Assassin's Creed. And Golgo 13 for the NES. And Golgo 13 for the NES, which I still can't beat the second <laughs> stage because there's nothing but like window curtains it's and, a conspiracy. and doors. There's, there's no end to that stage. <laughs> anyway. Is that like how they branded those extraterrestrial sex tapes as just a, an E.T. themed sex tape? And No, those are actual videos. No, that's what I'm saying. No, they're, yeah, no, they're real. It, they but look so that, fake, but that's why, because yeah. that's what they really look like. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the videos got out there and they had to say, no, this is a pornography film, and now it's something that actually happened. Before you get any further, I need to tell you an amazing story. So my grandmother, she lives in Boca, okay? Right. She's retired. Boca She's an old Jewish woman. Rats, no. She lives in Boca. She lives next to a man who's about 70 to 80 years old, who the Black Ops game is actually based on. He was actually the main character from the Black Ops. So, I actually went to South Florida and talked to him a bit, and he told me about all these events that happened in his life that correlate almost 100% with what they did in the game. There's some slight variations, but the game is almost completely his life story. What? And it's all about, he told me all about everything. The number towers, all this crap he had to go through, rehabilitation, Everything. I sat down with him for like two hours. Dude. Wasn't allowed to take notes, wasn't allowed to record anything, wasn't allowed to do any of that crap. Oh, I was gonna wasn't say, let's get him on the show. Not allowed to say his name, I can tell you he lives in Boca, but nothing else. He was around during JFK, he was around during the Bay of Pigs, he's been in Vietnam. And he's, amazing your, he's your grandma's neighbor. Yes, he is retired and he's in Boca. Now your name is Brandon Gerson, so I can figure out who your grandma is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. If anyone hears this in the recording, I'm telling you, man, Smoking Man listens to this, he told so, me. So he told me, he told me, <laughs> he told me all about how he went into Cuba, he told me about how he thought he assassinated Fidel Castro, and how he was royally screwed over, 
he told me about uh, how he found out later that he was brainwashed, but only after he tried to assassinate JFK, which didn't really work out for him. But this, the government rehabilitated him, so it's okay. And this is this is the, the like you said, the plot of Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, pretty much, yeah. I watched you play some parts of it. That mm-hmm. game is amazing. That game is extremely cinematic. That game is like every Tom Clancy book distilled into one object. It is. It's pretty fun. Um, it's pretty awesome. And... It is based on a true story. I'm not making that up. It was originally going to say based on a true story at the beginning, but they were going to get sued royally and destroyed by the government. They weren't be allowed to like even release the game if they did that, so they had to take it out. It was initially in the game, so I mean you can Google search that if you want. I think you can find it, but it, it is there. Wait, so this guy killed JFK? No. He okay. Didn't. He did. He did. He almost did. He got to the point where he was brainwashed and number stations were actually activated at some point in the United States of America. Several agents went hot and those agents that did kill JFK were probably part of that. Well, because... But he got screwed with during the brainwashing process. Someone else, when he was in a Russian prison, actually screwed him over and tried to brainwash him for his own purposes. Mm-hmm. And they kind of counteracted each other. He, didn't, he couldn't quite do what he was supposed to do in either event. So uh, the government actually caught on to this and captured him and tried to interrogate them. Little did they know he's been brainwashed and they rehabilitated him for years and years and years. And now he lives in Boca and makes a lot of money doing nothing. That's why... In the comic book read, not the film, they sent Bruce Willis to kill JFK, and he succeeded. Oh, did he? In the comic, yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's not. They, it's, that scene's not in the movie. He also killed Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> well, really? Yeah. Dude. That's a good comic. Does he remember, <laughs> does he remember doing that? He, he wasn't brainwashed. Now, is that based on that a true story? Oh, shit. That was Now, is that based on a true story, or is that just... That's Bruce Willis. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis is actually Bruce Willis. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Before so, I became an actor. Yeah, they edited that scene out of the movie, right. so which was an autobiographical film by Bruce Willis, written by Bruce Willis, starring Bruce Willis. As oh, Bruce Willis. As Bruce Willis. Yeah, if anyone wants to see the brainwashing shit that the governments of both Cuba and Russia, when they team up, can do, can do to uh, an American, like you or me, just an average Joe, you should definitely, definitely check out Black Ops, because... Now, you mentioned, you mentioned number stations. Yes. Now, let's talk about those briefly. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing. It showed up in Lost, and I actually, there's a, there's an article that I've got that I'll forward everyone to on the website about the CompStat project, which is a cataloging of number stations. It's a free, like, three or four, maybe more, long disc set of mm-hmm. just number stations. Yes. Now, these Most things of them are real. These things are mysterious. They're completely real. There's been no confirmed thing from any government about what they are, but they're all of over the Of course not. They're not going to, they're not going to release it. Now, if I buy this CD... And I play it, and then I hear the numbers that trigger that I'm a sleeper agent. Now I know I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of young to be a sleeper agent, but maybe my dad was, and that stuff passes down, right? Like, it, 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 there are some the studies genes. showing that it might be genetic. All right, cool. Because uh, they they do some genetics to fuck with you, but you know, other than that, other than that, it's purely a uh, purely physical activities. Now, now, obviously, your grandma was a big slut. So she probably had sex with her neighbor, and you're, that's probably, oh, you're probably, shit. So, he could be my real daddy. He could be your real granddad. So <laughs> We did have similar mustaches. Yeah. So what if we buy this CD, and it triggers you, and then you're like playing zombie mode? I'm going to kill JFK. Where is he? <laughs> where is he? I have to kill JFK if I hear this. Where is he right now? Where Not it. He? Where is he? Someone tell me where he is. Bruce Willis killed him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> And I have to kill Bruce Willis. Because he became JFK. Yeah. So when you kill Bruce Willis, you'll become... I have to kill Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, if you're listening to this, I'm coming coming for you right now. By the time you heard this, this has already been recorded, I'm right behind you. He's going to turn around, yeah. Turn around, bam. That's John McClane, dude. He's going to wreck you. Yeah, he is. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't think in Dallas, man, he's gonna take you apart. I don't think I could destroy Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Die Hard. Call, Call of Duty Black Ops is really rooted in lots of uh, American government <clears throat> conspiracies, the last 50 years of Cold War politics and all that. All about Vietnam bullshit. Yeah. All yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a really cool piece of historical truth. I was going to say. Oh, no, definitely. Fiction, definitely. I mean, not, not all the characters in that game are real. The main character uh, is definitely real. But the other game, uh, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's completely Assassin's real. Creed, brother. Yes. What? Really? Well, well I didn't expect I, you to say that. I went on this on this stint for a few weeks, and it made me think a lot about the world. <laughs> so basically, I played Assassin's Creed back-to-back, and it blew my fucking mind about how corrupt the entire planet is, and how nothing has any point whatsoever, and everything is meaningless, and I just can't well, we already knew that. Yeah, no, 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 but this just confirmed it, so there's no truth. Why? Everything is permitted. That's all I've learned. So this game's ruined your life, basically. Yes, actually. Well, no, my life was already ruined. This just confirmed why. Mm-hmm. But yeah, why? Okay, so so this game, it's about a guy who's who's from a bloodline. Italy ninja. Right, an Italy ninja. But but first it's a Crusades ninja. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. First they're Muslims. Yeah. Yes. Terrorists. Middle Easterners. They're terrorists. It, it all starts with terrorism. It always comes back to terrorism. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I mean, honestly, like back then, like the the, the Christians and the Crusaders, they were the terrorists. It was. It was. No. 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 Nine no. eleven. <laughs> Never forget, even before it happened. (laughs) Just remember, every year there's a 9-11. Yeah. Every year. Every year. It doesn't matter if it was the past. When we get to September of this year, it's 9-11 all month long. I have a bomb shelter. Oh my god, and then what is 9-9-11? Is it 9-11 all month? Oh fuck. fuck. Now we know where the next next terrorist attack is coming, September 11th, because it's 9-11 all month. Yeah, it's going to be nothing but Twin Towers falling. Oh, damn it. Every day. I'm not following this. Are you following this? Uh, it's going to be September the 9th month of 2011. It's going to be 9-11. I'm crunching the numbers and they don't add up. Okay. okay. Well, two towers. Two times two. 2012. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> two times two is clearly 2012. Okay, now... <laughs> Wait, I don't understand anymore. Oh, come on. Come on. Power stations. Keep up. Keep up. Uh, oh, yeah. You just, just add them up and then they turn into an alphanumeric code. Yeah, actually, um, there's there's uh, Assassin's Creed has a lot to do with numbers too, yeah. uh, and they have a lot to do with uh, how everything is based on this number seventy two, which is like this this trigram of all the letters of like God's name and everything forms seventy two, and all the major corporations when you take their letters and add them up like equals seventy two, and it's this huge conspiracy that you can actually find and look around. Do you know why so many conspiracies are built on numbers? Because normal numbers don't lie. Because because numbers normal don't lie to me like my parents did. <laughs> Numbers don't lie to me when they tell me the world's alright when they birth me out of their fucking vagina. <laughs> numbers don't lie to me. Because average people are idiots and have no idea how to use numbers and they like to misuse numbers. No, yeah, they're sheep. <laughs> the government knows this, the world knows it. Well, there's no and so when someone hears a conspiracy involving numbers, they go, it must be true. If you want to get technical, there's, wow. no, there's no actual governments. They're all run by other things too. Everyone knows why six is afraid of seven. Because seven is the last consecutive odd prime integer. Because seven sodomized nine. Brandon got it. Seven <laughs> sodomized nine. In a Russian prison. Yes. Yeah. In Brandon Washington. Washington. <laughs> in a Russian prison. Remember the letter people? What? The letter people. The letter people? The letter people. What the hell are the letters? It was on PBS. It was like these puppets and there were letters. Were they numbers too? Yeah. 
Oh shit! <laughs> so that could have been a number station for. It was. Oh my god! Whoa, 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 whoa. I killed JFK's grandson in kindergarten. Was Sesame Street? <laughs> and I don't even know why. Was Sesame why. Street just one long number station? Was brought that this show brought you by? A letter station. Wait, is, is Sesame, is, Sesame Street is over, right? No, no. no. So you're saying there's no, no broadcasting. No. And not only that, not only that, but Sesame Street has separate production houses in something like 14 different countries. And in South America, one of the Muppets got AIDS. Well, one of the Muppets got AIDS in North America. I mean, I, I, what? If you would have sex with the one in South America, <laughs> that's the thing they didn't really go into it. So let, me, let me explain how number stations work, because I, I don't think most people realize. There's, there's different types of number stations. There's number stations where you know you're something, but you don't quite remember, and then you hear these numbers and you, you remember. And then there's ones where you completely think you're a normal person, you're a citizen, you're doing everything you can, and then these weird series of numbers appear, like on a radio station or somewhere at home or in an email, and you you hear it, and suddenly you become a completely different person, a completely different person. And they beat these numbers into you. So it's induced schizophrenia? Yeah, but it's, it's done through torture, and they're constant repeating of these numbers during the torture, and what they want you to do, and it's just over and over and over again. I mean, I, some of them are more docile, I've heard. They're, they're not like for sleep ratings. They're more like, are you in a certain region? Well, if you are in a certain region and you hear this number station and you're someone who's informed about the, uh, the codex that you can break it down to, then you will, can receive your, you know, your information. What's funny about them is how long they're up for. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. some of them have been up for ages and actually like some, well, uh, some, codes. some old be. ones have gone down recently, which kind of you know, freaks everybody out real quick. Because the target's down. <laughs> there's there's always it's new true. targets, Mike. There's no ending to the targets. No, dude. There's I've no been ending. in many... And that damn dog retail. is always laughing. I've been to many, <laughs> many different retail stores named Target. Everyone's a Target. They're all front. Now, those, those, <laughs> games, those games are like are interactive fiction based on... Inter- or potentially well, you can save their fiction if right. you want. Now, I mean, there's some, clips in, there's some clips in Assassin's Creed that go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Yes, okay, so what Assassin's Creed... Two does, you know, Assassin's Creed One covers the, you know, the holy war and a bunch of crap between the Jews and the Muslims and the Christians, which, which all just say terrorists. Okay, the terrorists. Um, oh, which ones are the terrorists? All of them. All the Christians. Of them. Okay. So <laughs> three, three terrorist faction groups. Okay. And in Assassin's Creed Two, um, there's hidden messages throughout the game, and they're actually really difficult to solve, and they're all through a series of puzzles you have to unlock about how like. Ford screwed over Tesla and stole his inventions and got him killed. Uh, Ford and uh, who was that other guy who was disproving ACDC? Edison. Car- yeah, Edison and Ford, the car maker, they actually destroyed Tesla, who was studying this artifact and getting most of his ideas from it. Destroyed Tesla, got this artifact, and were able to mass produce cars and do all these great things. Edison electrocuted a, an elephant, which I thought was hilarious. That video yeah. exists. That, that yeah, actually, we yeah, you all that. know about that. Oh, too, we did. Yeah. Where was I? I lost my train. Something about ACDC, Motley Crue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how how, how <laughs> ACDC's lead singer died, and another guy came in. <laughs> Where you know, am I right now? And then, else? And then, and then, okay, so then we talk about Nikki Six, how he died twice. There's, yeah, man. You, you play through the entire entire Assassin's Creed 2. Um, you know, you're, you're in uh, Florence, Italy. I think it's 1400s. I, I'm not sure. I forget. And years don't matter anymore. So basically, you go through most of the game and you find these hidden clues, and most of the game seems completely realistic, completely normal, and you you figure out that the past, the entire past of humanity, just it, it doesn't exist. It wasn't real. There is no God. There is no religion. There was no Garden of Eden. The church knows this. The government knows this. Basically, the Garden of Eden was this place with the race that came before us, which looked like humans. They created all these artifacts to prevent solar flares from destroying the Earth. They essentially turned chimpanzees or something into into their form, which became us, so they could interact, because they were by themselves. They didn't have any other species with cognitive intelligence to interact with. We fucked them over, we stole their artifacts, 
Um, and a solar flare came and basically wiped the Earth clean of almost everything. Some humans survived, these artifacts survived, they survived with the power of these, and these things are completely suggestive. They're kind of like mini number stations. You can activate people at will and make them do things against their will. The Pope knows about this shit. The Pope's staff is one of these artifacts, okay? There's hidden vaults underneath the Vatican with all this shit and technology. I can go on. So wait, yeah. so wait, so wait, that James Bond lab from the movie Van Helsing, that's real? Everything's real. No, I and, wanna, no, and, no, and nothing is real. I want to know, what's the deal with all the awesome musicians dying at the age 27? 27? Well, 27. 27 backwards is 72. Didn't I just say that earlier? Oh, oh, and um, Weird Al. Weird Al has uh, the number 27 that constantly appears uh, in his work on the cover of Running With Scissors. He's got this, like, uh, it's like a running outfit. He's got a number pinned to him. Look, um, anything media related is a connection um, to this. In the, in the video for uh, Like a Surgeon, there's like a, a joke about uh, the, the number of uh, patients they're serving, and it's that number again. There's another uh, number-serving joke in the, the video for uh, the one from Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> it's, uh, I remember that. This shit runs it's deep, 27? man. It's 27. It's 27. It's 27. Jimi Hendrix died at 27. Kurt yeah. Cobain died at 27. And they were, what were they preaching? Truth. And the truth is that there is no truth. You should be able to do and say and act any way you want because why should anyone stop you? Everyone's born into this world the same way. What the hell? It doesn't matter. There's no laws, there's no rules, there's no governments. You can do whatever you want. Now those games are preaching the truth. Are there any games that are preaching lies? Are there any conspiracies within the, the video game industry? The Sims. Tells you to be an docile human being, get a job and build a house. Fuck that. <laughs> so what, you, you get a wife, you have lots and lots of babies, you kill them all, and you have graves under your house, and they haunt you as ghosts at night. The, the reasoning why Weird Al Yankovic has a recurring jokes involving the number 27 is because aluminum has the atomic weight of 27. Ow. And it's A-L. AL. Now, I heard ages ago, I'm talking about, like, when I first got the internet, and I was on the website Allaholics Anonymous. The, he said in an interview that he just thought it was a funny number. I think that's interesting that he, he supposedly came forward with the truth about that. Truth. I think it's lies. Yeah? I mean, we're told aluminum's atomic weight is 27, but we don't know for a fact. We're just told that. We don't actually know. <laughs> Am I going to have to call up just best friend saying, Bob? I'm just saying. The goddamn physicist. Can you prove anything? You just told things. He can. not believe it. That's science. <laughs> just because you see 27 pop up on a machine don't mean that shit's real. What does 27 mean, though? <laughs> you guys familiar with the, uh, the reoccurring... <laughs> 2 plus 7, 7 times 2, 9, 11 times 2012. That's only in a base... That's only in a base 10 system. In any other system that just crumples down. Look, I don't have a base. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yo, man, it's only, like... Mickey Six, third base twice. home run for me. That's all, and skip the first two. <laughs> Joe, has anything you'd like to add? I've been trying, but I, guess <laughs> I haven't had much to say to all of this. So give me a list of the musicians who died at 27. No, you. A lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys know anything about uh, about the reoccurring pro-Muslim message inside? Pro-terrorist. Okay, pro- <laughs> I don't, want, I don't want to go there. God damn it, Mike. Um, uh, in, inside uh, baby toys? Toys with toys, babies in them? Uh, I saw something like that. Familiar with this? Uh, Let me play a clip. October, we told you about Fisher Price's Cuddle and Coodle with an apparent hidden message that said, Islam is the light. Well, now the phrase seems to have been found again, hidden in another popular children's toy. News 10's Jessica Hayes spoke exclusively with the local mother who made that discovery. Months ago, Rachel Jones was shocked to discover her four-year-old's baby doll seemed to have a hidden message. 
Imagine no surprise when a game for her eight-year-old daughter's Nintendo DS had the same message. <laughs> Rachel said she bought this Nintendo game, Baby Pals, as a gift for her eight-year-old daughter after a good report card. She had no idea that the game also contained the hidden message, Islam is the light. We were sitting in the kitchen and she was playing it and all of a sudden she looked at me and I looked at her and she said, Mom, I think my baby said something. And so I played it back. It says, Islam is the light. The messages sound exactly the same. The Nintendo game has an E rating, which means it's suitable for any age. In a virtual reality Unlike setting, child playing the game can feed the baby or teach it to crawl, among other things. It's only when the child gives the baby a bath that it repeatedly seems to say, Islam is the light. <laughs> Joan says she's angry. This is the second toy she's had to take from her children. Not just my daughter's toys, but we have a son, too. You know, now I feel like I need to listen to all of his little toys to make sure they're not saying it. Nintendo's representatives said the game is manufactured by a third party, so they're not responsible for the content. Yeah, no but the shit. game's packaging clearly states the game is licensed by Nintendo. It still shocks me to think about I'm like, I, I can't believe it. You can decide for yourself whether to buy this toy for your child. The baby. In Knightsville, Indiana, with photojournalist Trevor Keller, Jessica Okay, so, so basically, these babies are number stations. Sending out, um, they're not sending out numbers. They're sending out, yeah, huh? They're just preaching it. They're just, pre they're just mini preachers. Well, well, we mini, <laughs> mini Muslim preachers. I actually am like, I'm surprised by how how these news articles like are painting like they're like, but this toy says it's for everyone. It's like, well, okay, it, yeah, it's not supposed to have any religious content in it, except that it's not like you you touch the baby and its brain explodes in like a gore festival. That's not. A religion isn't an age-restricted thing, no matter who's with his. I, my favorite no, thing, my favorite, <clears throat> my favorite thing was the parents' reaction going, oh my gosh, now I'll actually have to pay attention to the toys I buy my kids. I didn't think I'd have to do this. I bought the what toy the that fuck? said 100 small, tiny, swallowable parts included. I didn't realize my baby was going to choke on that without supervision. Listen, yeah. listen, the, you're right as an American is to be fat and lazy. That is why I was born in America, because I can be you're, fat and lazy. You're not you got fat. half of it. So, <laughs> don't so, worry, someday his metabolism's gonna go yeah, and yeah, blow yeah, up. I'm gonna He's just gonna lie around going, Boshuda. I don't need my Nintendo games telling my trillin about <laughs> about terrorism, alright? That's that's 9-11. Times Infinity. Goodbye, <laughs> international listeners. <laughs> None of them are from the Middle East. So <laughs> How do you know? I'm actually Middle Eastern. Uh oh. <laughs> Terrorists. <laughs> hey, John, we need you to run some numbers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, any other game conspiracies, or should we uh, cut to a song? We should cut to a song. <laughs> Let's cut to a song. I'm gonna cut to a song here. Okay, bye. Islam is the light. <laughs>
Blessed are the believers in good and evil, for they are frightened by shadows. Blessed are those that believe in what is best for them. Never shall their minds be terrorized. Cursed are the lambs of God. They shall be bled whiter than snow. Blessed is the man who has a sprinkling of enemies. They shall make him a hero. Cursed is he who doeth good unto others who sneer upon him in return. He shall be despised. Jackhammering frosted earth at dawn, enamored not at the ceramic pot. Filled with carcass dust on a plot of land, a Ben Franklin bust atop a marble stand. Man has died to meet demands of those with royal blood that wish to shed their tailored clothes. Hail the pagan gods, a scene as old as Lincoln getting fat off bars and Nazi gold. Planet Mars will char the fruited plains unless the builder burgers make it rain. The Koran, the commander in chief, and the foam rubber number one hand that your kids track me all tools of elite groups cloaked in human skin dead set to dumb us down and do us in new haven summer homes harbor reptilians hard at work harvesting patsy civilians millions of patriots drink coca-cola a primer for aids foot and mouth and ebola controlling the mind through corn syrup and aspartame kennedy died from 10 shots to the fucking brain People. Yo, yo, yo. And they're crazy. The sex me, dungeon are like a for real scary dungeon. That's the point. Bro. You don't know they're what to believe both. anymore. I don't, scary. I don't know what's what. I yeah. Got <laughs> them girls dressed up like ponies. Uh, yeah, pony, ponies and gorillas getting electrocuted. Uh, uh, <laughs> <scary>. <laughs> Went to a dark place. Anyway, we're, uh, we're, when I we're back. Walk and drink uh, we're waiting for a call from, uh, from Jackson <laughs> oh, of so Grand Buffet. Love so Grand Buffet. I need yeah. to recharge, man. Sleeping in tracks of the I think they're one of those that, um, that diet is why incredible rapid <laughs> eat that it's just a cycle before you know what core. uh first time i ever saw hey, a grand buffet mm-hmm. was opening for wesley willis oh yeah yeah it was the coolest thing i had no idea what to expect okay. i only just fine. found out about the concert um, that day they were the the opening band yeah and yeah no my brain i'm fine with it with uh, raps about um, freddie so Kruger, we'll, we'll figure Chris it out Jones, later and twist bars i was uh i was sold 10 years ago kids yeah back when you were sick oh shit and a call I just want to play uh, uh, Aqualung. The other tunes I've never heard because they don't play them much on the radio. But Aqualung's cool. Yeah, you want you want Aqualung? We got Aqualung for you, buddy. Cool. If you could play like the two-minute version instead of the uh, six-minute one, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I'm here, I'm, I'm here at uh, Miami Subs. Me and the boys are pounding nails in the wall, and uh, we just need ears and toes. So that'd be awesome. <laughs> 
up, dude? Oh, man, Jackson, that was the best howdy-do I've ever had. <laughs> I wish they all would be. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. In a lot of you and Lord Grunge's raps, there's a lot of talk about Illuminati, secret society, different kind of conspiratorial organizations and so on. What are your beliefs in so far as that? I assume you must have some kind of a, an opinion on the matter since you talk about it so much. I like to stay open to all possibilities, but I also like to think that people that get into huge positions of power where they're really making big plays. I don't like to think that they're simply sociopaths or that they lose their humanity. It's more interesting a lot of times to think that they're working towards an end that is not our end as humans. And when you kind of get deep in, into the novels and, and the websites, and when that's all you're camping on, it all starts to have a, a synergy about it. But when you pull out you can start to rationalize why this could have happened instead of sinister reasons. I am now pretty much of the opinion that it's all happening, be it just greedy managers, underground bases, space stations that we don't know about, zero energy. It's all happening because I want it to, almost like, it's the closest thing I have as far as faith. Like, I want to know that, that it is a supremely big world that I live in where there's unlimited adventures. But as as far as my instinct, I do definitely think that the dirty end of it, like population control, that kind of makes sense. If you're managing the world and you don't want all this clutter complicating things, you're going to kind of lose your humanity, even if in your own mind it's to benefit humanities. But I can see a lot of the angles, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Anton Wilson novels where he takes a little bit of knowledge, and then he throws something in that's satirical or throws something in that kind of makes you question what he just said. I think a lesson to be taken from that is, okay, you know, you can take my word for it and, and take that as gospel, but I just contradicted myself right here, so... Keep an open mind, keep your brain rolling, and follow your instinct. Whatever your instinct is based on, you know, like your, your subconscious. And it just gets deeper and, and deeper and deeper, and you can really focus on one thing, whether it's numerology and read into that with everything in your life, or you can try and live a, a simple life, but it still might rear its head. So it's constantly fascinating, but it's not something that I want to stick my head in all the time because uh, I'll start to appear like that uh, Michael J. Fox photograph in Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Just fade away. The layers that I pay attention to, it's the fraternal organizations, the Rosicrucians, the Vatican, Jesuits, and then at the high tier, it's the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> so you've got to know the way the system's working. It runs deep, this topic. and uh, does, yeah. I don't know names to give listeners to steer them in the right direction because I, I don't think there is a right direction as far as humans and their views on this stuff because they'll change their tune, you know, when they run out of money and need to scramble a couple uh, lectures together and say things that people want to hear. It's really hard to find someone that continues to represent. And I can see why cats like uh, 
Philip K. Dick and folks like that that were privy to all of this and were geeks about reading up on it never really tried to come out with this is how it is. Yeah. Because it just it doesn't work that way. When your perceptions change and your life changes because of real life stuff happening, what you thought was real life might change and it might just turn into like fantasy. And it flip-flops all the time. You know, you put a million dollars in my bank account, and I'll dive right back into the fun stuff of, like, man, shit, I, I got unlimited money, so I'm going to try and find an underground base and see what's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marvel just published an adaptation of Electric Ant, the Philip K. Dick uh, book, and it, it was really trippy because I hadn't read the story before, and I still haven't read the original story, but uh, it's got a lot of elements of Blade Runner in it. The film, not not the actual, like, do Andor dream of electric sheep, but the whole you might be sleepwalking through a reality in a reality that you don't fully understand what you know is not what is real and as soon as you question what is real then reality itself stops existing and anything can change in a moment's notice it's weird because I started reading Philip K. Dick around the time that I started not smoking pot but eating it in in like pesto sauce you know and it was always something that I never wanted to abuse maybe you know once here here and every now and again but when you read Philip K. Dick, you get into that same mindset that you do, that, that like weed paranoia, and you realize that you can go into that at any time. You don't, you don't need a drug. It's just thinking a certain way, you know, really thoroughly questioning things. And I think it's almost, it's a muscle that you can practice and you can always kind of like get into that when you got time to do so. But um, with all the great artists, be they writers or filmmakers like Kubrick who his the film Eyes Wide Shut he was touching on some of the stuff that we're talking about but he's a guy that went to these big dinners and knew Arthur C. Clarke and knew politicians and, and knew the people that knew some things that we surely don't know and it's when they die right as that happens it makes you think like man what would their next project have been oh, yeah, and I, I don't count AI yeah I don't count that because Spielberg did his little thing with it. Mm -hmm. So have either of you ever heard of Solaris Blue Raven? No, haven't. She's interesting on on the mind control and rock and roll mix because Rush has a restraining order against her. Wow. Because she started writing letters to Neil Peart in the early 80s and he responded. And, um, you know, they, they were friendly, and they built on, on some metaphysical stuff. And then, as, I don't know, Neil got busy with his career, and they got the ball rolling again, she didn't hear from him. And then, years later, out of the blue, she was just hanging out around the house, and she started getting images transferred into her mind from somewhere else. And she's like, she's open, she's clairvoyant. So she knew what was happening to an extent, but she couldn't quite tell who it was from because they weren't leaving their signature, so to speak. But after a little while, she realized that she was dealing with Neil Peart. And she started communicating with him in symbols and thoughts of words, however they kick it. And something sinister started to happen, and there was a different presence, and it wasn't Alex Lyson or Getty Lee, someone else. And she was convinced that it was the road manager who apparently she claims had previous military experience 
and he might have been involved in some remote viewing and mind control programs. And he was sharp, and he knew that Neil Peart was the depth and that he was gifted, not only musically, but in all of the creative arts, especially like open link mind kind of craziness. But um, she's apparently proficient in martial arts, and she had showed up at a couple shows, and they got a restraining order against her. Wow. So, <gasps> oh my it's pretty God. interesting. So, Lars Blue Raven, if you do a little search on that, um, yeah. there's definitely an MK Ultra survivor video. Yeah. That I think it's about like an hour. Yeah. I'm it's worth it checking out. Yeah. I have her book, which <laughs> is It's Harder to Read Than Dianetics. <laughs> and it's called uh, Transmutation Through Ascension. Yeah, you got it. She's. Uh, Solaris Blue Raven is a celestial being, psychic healer, and renowned author, and upon sending a copy to Neil Peart of the band Rush, was assaulted with an electronic MKUltra-style mind control interrogation program. Miss Blue Raven discusses her story, her court battle, and what being a victim of electronic harassment is all about. Wow. It's an hour-long video. Holy shit. Oh my god. Yeah. That's... I love that it was MKUltra-style. <laughs> just like old-fashioned style kettle kettle coin. Yeah. <laughs> Ranchero. That's awesome. Style. I, I want to. I definitely want to start buying things that are MK Ultra style. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to uh, Chipotle and I'm gonna be like, Can you? Uh, can I get that MK Ultra style? And they're like, How much mind control do you want? Like, Extra spicy. <laughs> so if you had to, if you had to pick, who is Illuminati funded? Cadoba or Chipotle? Oh, Chipotle. Well, I don't know because... I'd rather kill myself. <laughs> i definitely go with the Chipotle angle because, I mean, they were at one point owned by McDonald's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but Cadoba actually tastes good. So I think they're funded by the Illuminati because they actually taste good. Chipotle just gives you bloody diarrhea. I don't that think sounds like that. Illuminati to me. I don't know, Brandon. Everything, yeah, but everything gives you bloody diarrhea. Well, yeah, but whatever. When it comes to Grand Buffet, you guys... Uh, Dropped an album in early 2008, King Vision. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. You toured with Girl Talk a whole bunch. And things have been relatively quiet since then. We pretty much uh, have hung up our tapes until it's time to do it again. I got a ton of songs that I'm just sitting on and fleshing out and trying to find other musicians that can do things more proficiently, like give them my arrangements and hear what they can do with it. That's been difficult. But... After King Vision, it was just kind of, what's the next record we would make? Don't want to just go back to making a party album because that's not in me quite yet. Yeah. But I don't want to do another uh, concept album. Like those tunes that I do here and there that I allot towards, like, I put it under the Grand Buffet hat. So once Grunge and I are ready to do another record, that's when it will be. But uh, I'm trying to put out actual vinyl of my own little thing and and really i just want to make that like a cute little boutique project and just put a hundred percent into making a record that i don't get sick of after a couple months that's my main goal so you're, you're moving yeah. forward as, as the miss paintbrush persona miss paintbrush is pretty much the, the name of the project happening in my room and it includes all the stuffed animals in my room as band members. So it's not, I'm not having an identity crisis that I'm going to be coming on some transgender styles with the project. My name is not Miss Paintbrush. 
the name of the project is Mr. Paintbrush. And when anyone asks where I got the name, I say, like, oh, that was the name of my, uh, my middle school art teacher. And <laughs> if they ask me a second question, you know, the joke's on them, kind of. So that's what's, what's up with that. I, I also kind of just ducked out of the conspiracy game because there were so many stars, conspiracy superstars, that were bumming me out that started to defeat their own purposes, if their purposes were anything beyond just trying to get large, trying to get their own celebrity. It seems like the big five conspiracy stars seem to have gone sour in, in one way or another. Well, can we name them uh, without, without bleeping them? Alex Jones is, like, he might as well be hired by the WWF <laughs> <laughs> or WWE, I, I guess is it called now. Jordan Maxwell, who I still dig and I always try to, to listen to what he's up to, seems to be spinning his wheels. And I don't know if it's just because he's been speaking the truth as, as he feels it over and over and, and, you know, there's nothing new to add to that. Or he's kind of, he's stunted or that someone's threatening him. Or it, it, it's really hard to tell. Then, uh, what's his name? Jeff Rents. I don't know if you're familiar with Jeff Rents. I'm, I'm not. Most of these, uh, these names are actually all pretty new to me. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Jordan Maxwell's website, though. He has a twinkling star background and a font that I'm yes. very into. And uh, <laughs> the sexual symbolism in world religions, astrotheology. That's his bread and butter is astrotheology. That's where he can really go on and on, and it's quite fascinating. Like, I, is that I highly swear the gods are listening to some of his, his lectures. They're a blast to listen to, but um, some of the people he keeps company with have some curious stuff going on. But um, yeah, the, the Jeff Rents website, it was always a good mixed bag resource, but there's so much just anti-Semitism and a lot of like creeping Aryan pride stuff going on with it. So yeah, that, that's creepy. Something Brian asked uh, was whether or not astrotheology is where... Uh Aliens are the gods? Yes. That's what that more, is? To an extent, but what is more interesting, and you don't even have to believe in, in the whole alien part of the story, is that the holy books are the story of the house of stars. And if, if you read into it, it's pretty thorough, from the crucifixion of Jesus and how that coincides with the solstices, the twelve houses, the twelve disciples, all of that stuff. That is is fascinating, if and definitely worth looking into, because when you start to question that, what you also have to question is organized religion. And it's like, do any of these people at the top really buy the stuff? It's like the Pope is covered with so much pagan symbolism at any given time, and he flaunts gold all damn day around beggars, <laughs> which was definitely not Jesus's M.O. Yeah, seriously. There's nothing Christ-like about the Vatican or the Jehovah's Witness and all that, so you gotta figure out, well, what what's their motivation here, you know? And, and nine times out of ten, it's making money off of suckers. I completely fucking agree with that. We talked to a woman earlier, Linnea Lee, and she, something she was talking about that tags back to a lot of this is that, one, Atlantis is real, it's totally real, it happened, was run by aliens. As was other megastructures such as the pyramids and right. the Great Wall of China. And that the Aryan race came from Atlantis. Uh, that got weird. 
that that did get weird, yeah. and she didn't really have a good explanation for that either. She just kind of went in a different direction. <laughs> something about giants. Yeah, something about like the Nazis thought that Aryans were giants, and I was like, oh, the, the Superman who uh, Crowley and uh, the Order, the Golden Dawn, and the School Society, which which the Nazis were kind of based a lot of their theology off of. I might be pronouncing the wrong thing. It's Stool, not Thule. She did name drop. There, she did, she did, and, I, and, and which which then we went to Zool, and then things just got Ghostbustersy, as they tend to. Yeah, but it was uh, Goebbels, Himmler. No, it was Himmler that that seemed to really be the guy that was, you know, running with his wildest dreams. He he thought he was possessed by the spirit of previous Himmler, who was a great Aryan warrior, and he was trying to fulfill that whole thing. But the Superman that apparently were located under a mountain in Tibet. That's where the monks, or the dark monks, that focused on negative energy, or what some people call Vril, V-R-I-L, energy. That's like a whole part of it. You'll come across a conspiracy about in the bunkers after uh, the Nazis were, were bombed out and, and Hitler blew his brains out or ran away or whatever happened there. There were apparently Tibetan monks found there, which what? would make a great movie. Seriously, that's been that's been underrepresented in films. It's like my frustration with movies like that Nick Cage movie and the Tom Hanks movie is that they aren't throwing in all the spicy stuff that they could. <laughs> it's so you true. know, Brian has a book of um, alternate history called Atomic Robo. Brian, are you are you hip to any of this stuff with the monks and the Superman? Uh, not the monks, no. Well, Vril. Yeah, that, when you said that word, I thought of Vril Docs. Yeah, same here. Well, here's the, here's the uh -huh. history on Vril. In 1871... The writer who gave us the phrase uh, Dark and Stormy Night, it's the same guy who came up with... Raymond this Bernard. Night, the Vril. Wow. He wrote a book about how Hollow Earth, and that science and fiction novel, that kind of inspired the, like, Vril is meant to be this, like, ethereal It's like energy. the Force. Yeah. Totally. Or, like orgone energy but even better oh yeah yeah i mean like tesla thought of utilizing this vril and that's how he got the idea of wireless transmission and wireless energy oh wow that in turn like in you know how in the 40s and 50s where people refer to the ether how radio is a part of the ether well that's that's what vril turned into but isn't vril essentially this was this was a very early science fiction book that was so early as a piece of science fiction that the society at large wasn't equipped to understand what science fiction was, many, many, many people took this to be a literal, actual history. Right. Because it was also kind of written as if it were one. And even scientists, like Tesla, kind of took it as, well, maybe there's something to learn in this. Jeez. Well, isn't Vril... So yeah, Vril like was very influential on uh, Nazism. And so the... Uh, especially because the, the, the people who live under the Earth, who have the power of the Vril, in this story of the book, eventually one day they're going to just spill out into the surface world because they need more room because they are superior. They can just take it from us because they deserve it, which obviously, if you think about it for about three seconds, plays in directly into Nazism and, you know, breathing room, living space, whatever you want to call it. It was very attractive to them as a philosophy, as a mythology. Now, it's not outwardly mentioned that the name Vril Dox, the Brain Brainiac 2 character in DC, is inspired by this, but anyone who is a sci-fi, like, buff, knows of Vril and would go, oh, that's a cool first name for uh For Brainiac's son yeah. to have. Very cool name indeed. I mean, Wilhelm Reich, you, you were talking about Organon. 
Yeah. His fate definitely can open up a whole can of like conspiracy worms. Yeah, w- Wilhelm Reich, for uh, for listeners, was a, a the guy who conceptualized orgone energy, which is an energy that we all have that if we keep inside of our bodies can can better ourselves and I believe can also alter weather. And he created a machine which he called a cloud buster, which Kate Bush has a brilliant song about. Mm-hmm. And starring um, Donald Sutherland in the video. He, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the uh, and the video is directed by. Um, Terry Gilliam's second in command because Terry himself couldn't direct it. That video is so good. Like in the video and in the song and, and in the book by Willem Reich's son, you see that Willem Reich, because of this crazy thing with the energy and the cloudbuster and everything, was actually abducted by the American government and hushed. And was pretty much starved in a jail cell. What I don't really know about is is really what he did to push their buttons. I think he was growing a fan base that happened to include a lot of scientists that were coveted by the military. It turned into, like, we want these guys. If you got them interested in, in your weird goings-on, then, you know, that's going to complicate things because it's hard finding geniuses. That's one thing. I, I don't have a definitive <laughs> answer on, on that, but he, he definitely um, he rubbed them the wrong way because, yeah, I mean, they meant business with that dude. And... Um, I think that energy is one of the reoccurring things from every single area of this, this whole conspiracy, except for, like, maybe the Christian patriots. They don't get into that stuff. It, like, with the whole reptilian thing, I don't know if you guys are up on that. No, what no. It, like Enlighten us. David, David Icke or more kind of new-agey cats or just straight-up UFO folks. Their whole thing is that the superior race that is reptilian in its appearance but also humanoid has been running the show for centuries and they don't reveal themselves because that would screw things up for their program so they might be the ones running the show you these underground bases you'll you'll hear stories there's that famous one in Dulce, new mexico that named phil schneider apparently he was privy to this top secret clearance but apparently went down one floor beyond his clearance it opens up, boom, seven-foot alien just chilling with some humans. He's like, whoa, what's going on? Shots are fired. And apparently this alien technology blew off or melted off three of his fingers, like, I think including his thumb. You guys might want to Google that and watch the video. The dude's name is Phil Schneider. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something to watch. I don't know where I stand on it. But anyhow, um, this energy... They are operating in a dimension, most people say the fourth dimension, and it's our fear, our anger, our darkest energy gets us vibrating low, and that's when they can kind of magnetize us. You know, you could picture us tuning more towards their channel on a radio dial when we're doing all, you know, the acts of war and, um, I don't know, like... Mm, unconsensual sodomy that is used in rituals and, and you know, that type of stuff that we're, we're getting closer to them and they can access our energy and they feed off it, you know, no different than, than we with supplements uh, or wow. blood transfusions or, or something like that. But that's a reoccurring thing. And, and it's not just a David Icke thing, he, he, although he very much co-opted it that and kind of made it his big thing. That is really heavy. 
I, uh, it, I, it's going to stop getting heavy, but there's this stuff as a guy who needs humor in his life that keeps me coming back. One off the top of my head is you get the MK Ultra celebrities. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorites is that the biggest area uh, years ago was country music, and the, the kingpin was Boxcar Willie. I've heard who that was name. Like, she's an E-grade country star. Then you get into uh, one of my favorites is this woman that uh, was apparently MK Ultra, and she told the story of Chris Christopherson trying to strangle her with his penis. <laughs> we all have had that happen, right? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a constant feeling. You can say, some yeah, of us can only dream. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, I wonder if he ever related that to Wesley Snipes, and that's why Wesley Snipes got in trouble with uh, the IRS. <laughs> he knew too much. And he wasn't going to cross over and join their team. <laughs> but anyhow, that, that's a great one. It's very important nowadays to know your history on that stuff, because with this Jay-Z, Kanye, Rihanna, Illuminati stuff, you have a large group that were not into it before that are getting into it. Like a, a lot of, um, I would say, R&B fans that are also sturdy Christians are getting into this now because they're starting to see anti-Christian stuff and you got these Christian patriots that are kind of like kicking a little game to them and they're like, okay, alright, so, and, and now they're reading into symbolism, so if someone has a skull on their shirt in a hip-hop video or they're throwing up the horns, you know, whether that's them just trying to like get ill like, you know, a rock video or whatever their reason is, you got these people reading into it AZ stuff is just kind of like dim-witted pyramids and then a couple some masonry speak here and there like in that tune with Rihanna and Kanye he talks about squaring the circle and you know Masonic speak um, that is that is what that is some of the, the fun stuff is uh, the prodigy from Mob Deep a dude prodigy wrote a letter in all caps from prison that talked about their elder in the neighborhood in Brooklyn where they came up who I think has a bunch of uh, pedophilia charges against him. <laughs> so that, that might mean he was on something and, and there was a smear campaign or he's really just on some screwy stuff. <laughs> Prodigy out Jay-Z in this letter as knowing the light but choosing the dark side and just said he was kind of like an empty soul. But with Kanye, I think so much of his thing, he's all style and he has much better taste as far as visuals and sonics for that matter than Jay-Z might now. So like his power video teaser, you have um, the women coming down with the swords that form a pyramid right above Kanye's head. <laughs> you, you got a lot of fun stuff, but it's like how much of that is Kanye being bread for the Illuminati and how much of it is him watching Craymaster cycle on acid too many times. <laughs> well, they don't direct their own videos. Don't they usually have a director that comes up with that type not of stuff? Kanye. No, 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 no. Kanye? Kanye, he is very specific Direct's about what... Well, that means that Chris Milk must be... I mean, Chris Milk is the guy who's done the most Kanye videos that I know of, at least. Huh. But Kanye has a lot of influence on what goes on in his stuff. Okay. I know that much. And I also well, know... Kanye, too. he saw... Um, I forget the name of the artist that did his power video but it's modeled after a project that that director created that was an internet phenomenon in our world, in the blog world. Like, it's incredible. It pretty much shows, like, the levels of heaven and hell. You might have seen it. 
Yeah, no, it's I beautiful. saw. It's beautiful. It's a scrolling video of computer animation of all this stuff happening, and it kind of ascends. But it's beautiful, and Kanye saw that, or his style minions hipped into it, and he was like, all right, that dude, he's doing my next video. So it, it's hard to tell with that dude. We were talking about the uh, Paul is Dead conspiracy. What's interesting about that is that, you know, okay, you can look at the pictures of before and after the the supposed car wreck that he died in, um, that they intimated at on a Magical Mystery Tour. But the main thing is, you have to assume that there is always a secret branch within the CIA of, like, amazing songwriters and musicians that can pretty much just slide into the biggest band in the world. Have you seen the CIA budget, my friend? (laughs) I understand that, and that's the only, that is the one thing that makes that whole conspiracy at all possible, is that they could have invested in just a blank slate of a human that had super learning capabilities. No, they did a cost analysis on this, and they actually had a room of 1,000 monkeys at 1,000 guitars. (laughs) (laughs) And they all could play. I think think John Lennon had the balls that he would have come clean about that before he got iced by um, Jared Leto. If he isn't. (laughs) (laughs) What? If he is, in fact, dead, which I don't believe Lennon is actually dead. Nor Jared Leto. <laughs> the same guy. The one thing that uh, stumped me was uh, in, in your email, you were talking about number stations. Yeah. Do you know much about that? Well, I know that um, that sh- around World War I, uh, number stations started popping up on short band radio. No government has ever identified or commented on them in any sort of serious way. Uh, except that recently, uh, a few years back, there was a, um, I think, a, a, a Cuban number station. They just, they're uh, someone reading a series of numbers. There's usually some kind of uh, vocal signifier, like a, a certain phrase or a, some kind of melody that signifies when the message starts and ends. And it's some kind of code that that lets spies know, you know, something, whatever, whatever they need to know for that region. Or brainwashed sleeper agents. Or activate sleeper agents. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Or all of the above. Yeah. I would like to think that it's like a constant coded checklist for baseball card shop dealers (laughs) to like see what the movement is on on their Mark McGuire cards. (laughs) Before or after steroid use. Yes. Yeah, well whether he's going to whether he's gonna get off the hook. You know what I mean? And 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 they're just gonna like own up to yes, steroids are, are right for Major League Baseball and then his cards will go up in price. Yes, yes. Which I still have. I have a bicycle, a computer, and Mark McGuire rookie cards, and that's everything that I have in this world of, of like any value. And Tom McFarlane's baseball is going to go through the roof. That's the that's the baseball player, right? Tom McFarlane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Canadian baseball player. Yeah. But over there, they call it old sticky ball. Sticky ball. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That's what I had last and- night. <laughs> We're going to go into a, a track now, Only the Good Cy Young. It's a track of yours, a solo track, originally from a compilation called Unicorn Mountain Number no. 2, I believe. This is the uh, the version with the new vocals that you laid down just for us. And it's got yeah, some... mid-breakfast, man. I was eating my seven grains <laughs> with maple syrup and peanut butter and, oh, and doing these, these raps. It's so good. The energy in this version, I'd say the Nerdy Show version of Only the Good Cy Young is the preferable version. <laughs> 
cool. It's an exclusive. You guys can destroy it after you play it. <laughs> we'll burn it. Copy the files to a disc, and we will set the disc on fire. Man, right about now, it seems like the whole world's against you. Saying disparaging things about you for blowing up that church. Well, you're still my favorite guitarist. Screw them. <laughs> Meow. You gotta love them or leave them, but you were never alone. The stars and bonds fly high when grandpa's home. Asymptomatic was a magic word. The general practitioner uttered no pharmaceutical butter topping his bread. Life. Simple policy of sleeping a sound night. Blanketed by a positive hind. Virtual pyramid building, killing off hand calluses. Facilitating head games, leveling palaces. Some of them had an opportunity arose. I would have sauntered through monitoring captions attached to portraits of conquest captains. Knowledgeable craftsmen adept in misdeeds With each step they left clues that I can't read So freewheeling folks with an axe to grind Learn the old guard secret codes And hope to find some concrete info But second tongues grow slow In mid-quests they get destroyed by old pros The focus required to verify those aiming To weaken my passion with each day is waning Despite some varieties of taboo seasoning That might grab an average joke on Saturday evening Wiping the fear-based reasoning off of his glasses, leaving him feeling alive until clarity passes. Peanut butter and banana sandwiches, being young had its advantages. But I'm older now, gonna break the ties, I gotta grow some man kids. Wanna laugh brown hair, wanna laugh brown when they turn 18. Gonna take them downtown for the very first Wall Street, Major League Baseball, strip club, low job. elderly woman here in the front was sitting a seven-foot-tall alien gray. The stench was worse than the worst garbage can you can imagine. I killed two of them. Yes, they're mortal and they do die. However, in the process, all I remember is that he just kind of waved his hand in front of his chest and the next thing I know, this blue beam hit me and just literally opened me up like a fish burnt my fingers right off of me, burned all my toenails off of me, completely crispy crittered my left foot. 66 Secret Service agents, Green Berets, Black Berets, crack troops lost their lives because the government, our United States government, lied, did not tell us anything about the alien threat. Since late August of 1979, the militaries of the world have been in constant conflict with the outer space alien. The small gray, the large gray, the reptilians, there are 11 distinct races of aliens. Two are benevolent. One had to leave here in a hurry because their world is under attack, both on the surface of all the underground there, the Pleiadesians. Maybe some of you are familiar with that. Uh, would some of you raise your hands? Well, very good, about half the group. Say 
you guys. It's it's been a journey. Uh, this has been nothing. Fuck, dude. That's too much information. I clearly should have worn some tinfoil on my head because <laughs> I feel wiped out. Yeah, I am beat, dude. All these crazy people putting their crazy in me, man. I mean, you get to a point. You don't know what to believe anymore. I don't. I don't know what's what. I don't know what's real. Is this even happening? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, that's usually what wakes me up at night. Uh, um, <laughs> <he's> sleepwalking. <laughs> when I sleepwalk and drink Mountain Dew and eat Doritos, <laughs> I need to recharge, man. Sleeping is exhausting. I think that it's that that diet is why you sleepwalk to then eat that. It's just a cycle. And you know what? Those companies which produce those extremely delicious corn chips of delicious varieties Dude, I, and that delicious fizzy sugar water God. brainwashes you, man. I could eat some right now. I need some right now. Definitely a change of pace from uh, from last Nerdy Show Prime episode. Dude. But, but that's, just, that's just what you can expect from Nerdy Show Prime is... The unexpected. The unexpected. And and seriously, we're not we're not trying to go for this like paranormal tip exactly. It just kind of ha- happened. <laughs> we're just a I don't know a gateway a portal to another world, to Outworld. Stargate. Uh, oh, jeez, that's a that's a whole kettle of fish that we didn't even remotely open. We should get John on the show if we're going to talk about Stargate. He's watched every single episode of all of those series. Yeah, but sometimes you know how John gets. He'll start talking. Like, we know what he's talking about, and we won't know. This this is true. It's because there's too much science in his brain. That's weird, dude. I've got a lot of porn in my brain. I mean, maybe that's what's going to happen to us now that we've, I don't know, talked to all these people and encountered all these things. I mean, really, this sort of stuff, both preposterous and otherwise, it puts the fear in you. It, it, it gives you the doubt and the uncertainty. I mean, it's exciting, but, you know, it's also dangerous because all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're living your life on the lamb like the CFC guy. Conspiracy theory? <laughs> oh, seriously. Oh, yeah. That makes me want to kill people. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, after after many, many episodes of his where he's been disappeared... And he's replaced by Agent Doggett. And then, <laughs> then we bring him back. Bring him back for the season finale. And his series finale. Series finale. It would be me and Scully in the bed at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You know what I just got? I finally did it. Really? I got, I got all of the X-Files. It was on sale on Amazon for over 50% off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was it like Black Friday? or? It was post-Black Friday. What does that mean? It was like a sale that wasn't on Black Friday after Black Friday. I don't know. It comes with trading cards, I think from the 90s, a reprint of the the comic book from the 90s put out by Tops, a poster, and the movie, the first one. Fuck. That is a good show. But hey, I had enough idle chit-chat. I'm sure you're as exhausted as we are. So um, Nerdy Show will return again. We can assure you of that. But uh, anything else? Well, that's just left up to your imagination. Thank you for listening. I'm Cap. Triforce Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Hex and Brandon were abducted by aliens earlier in the episode. Wait. I didn't even notice they were gone. It's like the perception filter was on.
Uh oh. What is a perception filter? It's a uh, Doctor Who. It's how. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, really should have worn some tinfoil on my head. Just my shield white logic. I can see Yeah. Yeah. I went to a dark place. Let me sleep When I sleep, yeah, it's going to be a cycle. Of course, it has I mean, Vicar Fest was a goddamn time ago. I don't know what year it was. World War One. Just a. Why don't we know a gateway? Listening, nerdy show. Nerdy show is brought to you by Comic Shop, Nerd Palooza, Bacon Eggs, Cup of Coffee. Listeners like you, I guess. Uh, I got, uh, I got some ketchup on sauce over here. Two creams. But if you enjoyed what you heard, support Nerdy Show by telling a friend, picking up some merch in Nerdy Store, donate directly, receive some perks. Hey, you know, it's uh, it's not, it's hard work. It's just, you know, yeah, it's hard work, and they're Americans. They're American boys. For more episodes, if you want more episodes of that, you can go to Nerdy Show Dungeons and Doritos, all that stuff, you know. Basically, you can subscribe to it unless they call the iTunes Store. It's on the computer. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. You know, they got those things, you know, like Twitter, and they got Facebook, Tumblr, I don't, I don't know. Oh, hey, thanks, thanks darling. If you want to talk to me on the Nerdy Show forums, I go there. Um, I'm, uh, Big Dick 47. It's uh, it's also my handle on the CB radio. You look me up sometime. I drive through this part of town a lot. Um, look, I got a wife, I got a kid, but they don't, you know, it's on the road, rules of the road, right? So maybe look me up a little bit later. Right. Alright, here's the number. Yes. 320, because it's 320 somewhere. 2823. <laughs>
<laughs> it's always 320 somewhere. <laughs> what? That's the hour before you start smoking weed. Yeah. You're just getting really pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, is this Kiba? No, this is Wendy. Do you know anybody named Kiba? I, I'm a I'm from a, a website that gave me this number. Um, what website? It's a uh, Forty Three Things. Um, I I do know somebody named Akila, but this is not her number. Oh no, it's uh it's Kiba. I also go by the handle King Wolf Sixty Nine. Oh, no. I, no. I have no idea then. Okay. Jeez, they gave me the wrong number then. I'm terribly sorry about this. That's okay. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Uh-huh. Damn you, Kiba! Well, she's I... always one step ahead. <laughs> King Wolf 69. I was like... Wow. <laughs> I do have another number for Kiba. It's the one we called last time. Kiba uh, but but Kiba thing? gave me a, a bogus number. Why would he do that? I don't know. I think it's a she. I don't know. King why Wolf. would why would a she be King Wolf? Oh, that's a good point. All right, when well, fuck Kiba. Why not? We're done with Kiba. <laughs> <laughs>